Welcome to Comadre C Comics. Comadre C Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We focus on the Latinx prisons in the comic book industry. With a strong special focus on strong female characters and creators. Hey guys, welcome back to a new episode of Comadre C Comics. Uh, this is episode number 29. How are you guys doing? Ooh, 29. All right. I'm doing oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> It's <laughs> so funny that she says, I'm doing great, but um, yes, Kristen uh, <laughs> is the one who's injured. Yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, if those, if some of you are, are uh, listening to this podcast thinking, oh my gosh, finally they're back, I've missed them so much, I want to know what Commodity Comics has been up to, um, our, our slight delay has been due to the fact that I broke my ankle. She is. <laughs> she she broke her ankle at Emerald City Emerald City Comic Con. Yes, I, please tell them. Please tell. Them. <laughs> I flew to Seattle to go to Emerald City Comic Con on March first. We landed in the airport and I went to grab my luggage off the carousel. And when I went to grab it, I um, lifted it up and didn't notice that there was like a little barricade in the way. And so when I lifted it up. Obviously, the carousel was still going. It kept going, and it hit that barricade, but the momentum of it going and hitting, I fell down, but my foot was actually lodged between the little barricade and the carousel as well, so when I fell, my foot stayed in place. Oh, jeez, no. Oh, my God. Hell no. Yes. Oh my God, that's awful. I'm. I. You know what? I, I. You told me you broke your ankle, but you didn't go into detail. Yeah. So just thinking about your foot staying in the position while you fell over. Yes. Is just really. <laughs> Does it describes some kind of excruciating. Did you cry? Uh, no. Shit, I it cried. was actually uh, pretty um, surprising to me that uh, I didn't feel pain. I. I. I felt that my bone broke I knew immediately because I felt it and I heard it in my body so any of you who've gotten like um, your ear pierced or you know your cartilage pierced and you can actually hear the crunching as they that's how <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> no. that's what I experienced with my uh, my broken ankle <laughs> oh my god how horrible but it just happened to be in a place where um the, I, I don't know if it was for me, it was just the adrenaline or the shock or whatever, but it didn't hurt. I knew it was broken. Um, also, because when I was on the ground and I l- had my leg in the air, my foot was hanging at a 90 degree <laughs> angle. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, hell no. <laughs> she has that photo? shit, dude. <laughs> I haven't seen the photos. Oh my god! Oh my god! The photos are are straight out of The Walking Dead. I swear oh to God. Yeah, because um, unfortunately, uh, I was out of state when it happened, and so I went straight from the airport to the emergency room, and they did emergency surgery that night. And they put me into a splint, and they said, you need to get follow-up within 10 days. But because I was out of the state, by the time I came home, because um, I was already, that w- that happened on the first day. By the time I came home, already three days had passed, four days had passed. Um, I wasn't able to get an appointment with my primary for another four days. Then they had to put in a referral um, request that 
took a whole week to come back to me. Then it was another week for me to actually get to the... So by the time that I actually did follow up with an orthopedist, it was 20 days. Oh, and no. the splint's integrity was already starting to fall apart and get loose. And so... And I have, a, I have an incision from the surgery. And it was rubbing and chafing because the looseness of the... Uh, <laughs> So, um, apparently there is something called, um, fracture blisters and, uh, (laughs) the pain out of nowhere came and I was like, I don't know what this is from. I don't know what's going on. I just knew that it was inside. And I was, I told my husband, I ha- we have to go to the emergency room. I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And we went to the emergency room and when they took it off, the doctor, I was at an angle where I couldn't see because it was off to the side. The doctor was like, oh, it looks like you have a little blister here. I'm like, oh, <laughs> my gosh, a little blister? That's why I came to the emergency room. I told Eddie, do not tell anyone I came to the emergency room because I have a blister. Uh-huh. But people... <laughs> it was not a little blister. Oh my gosh! It, oh my god! Je- it, I mean, I have pictures I, of it. I'll I show you off it. air. Uh, people, when they see it, it's Eddie. My husband loves to show people. Um, <laughs> I, I encourage it. Yeah, but um, it it looks like my leg is a a prop on The Walking Dead. Like, oh my god, it's like, the first time I saw it, I had to look away, and then I had to look back, because I could not, like, my brain could not process it, I was just like, is this makeup? And I was just like, it's not, it's not makeup, that is, the human body is, yes, kind of gross. Yeah, so, so somebody was... I thought it was you, but I think it was a a regular in the shop that when Eddie showed him the picture, he was like, that is some Civil War shit. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was was Hunter. It was Hunter. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, looks like she got hit in the leg with a musket. (laughs) Are you serious? Have you never seen those old Civil War pictures? Yeah, but I mean, that's how it looks. It's it's true. Like, that was some Civil War shit. When he said it i was just like yeah he was just like he he was really funny because he said like if they had shown me that i would have been like that's it take the take the leg off right (laughs) right honestly not knowing not being a doctor just being a lay person and seeing the picture i would have been like oh my god they're gonna cut my leg off (laughs) because it's already dead Okay, this is the original. I'm showing Sarah the original picture for what made me go to the emergency room. Okay, I'm afraid now. Because I was just like, oh, my God. Now, look, this, I went to the doctor, and they casted it, and then they said, come back on Monday, and we will. Look, this is where it apparent. They're trying to make me believe that this is better. But look at this. Oh, my God. It looks like necrosis, dude. (laughs) Oh, Jesus I mean, it's not necrosis, but some of that is dead flesh from... I mean, right. it feels like it's <laughs> rotting off. It, it looks, looks at my foot. <laughs> it looks yeah. like it's rotting off, dude. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. 
Dude, I, oh wow. <laughs> I thought me breaking oh. my toenails gross. That is some true gross. Oh shit. Yeah. God, dude. Yeah. Oh. I'm sweating. She's like wiping her face. Dude, I'm always. I, I feel bad for dragging you over here to record. <laughs> like <laughs> that foot looks freaking crazy. Yeah. Dude. Like now, crazy. imagine that is what her foot is like right now. Yeah. Underneath that cast. Yeah. <laughs> oh no no no! no. That, that's so a, that's all to say uh, that th- yes, we've been missing. Uh, uh, there, I mean, it's a valid reason. It's more than a valid <laughs> that reason that we haven't recorded. I'd be but like, we're still just sorry. Without me, yeah. I'm, dead. I'm dead to the world. We're, we're, we still regret that uh, we haven't recorded, and I, I definitely have missed being here with you guys. <laughs> definitely, Same. yeah, definitely mm-hmm. felt the the missing of us mm-hmm. getting together and just talking about comics and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, but aside from your foot being like crazy looking, um, you made it to WonderCon. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my! I can't she believe made it. it to I would have. I would have been crying. She's like, no. She still went well, to. No, she still went to Emerald City. Yeah, I with still that, went to Emerald oh, City. Yeah. And that was the day after surgery. So Ooh. I went, I we landed in um, Seattle like about 1 o'clock on uh, about, was it 1 o'clock? Yeah, or 11. I don't know, maybe 11, between 11 and 1 on Thursday. I went to the hospital and had my surgery that evening, like at around 8 or 9. Mm-hmm. They released me from the hospital on friday at noon and on saturday i went to emerald city oh my god <laughs> no way no and i when walked, your nerd cred is strong <laughs> i quote unquote walked from the ferry which is about a mile to the convention center on my little scooter oh, <laughs> oh my god. god you're such a trooper i would have been like just leave me at the airport pick me up when we have to fly back home but so i knew that if i had gone to emerald city so soon after the actual break and surgery that I was fine for WonderCon, but the only difference was that WonderCon, the um, convention center, the Anaheim Convention Center's floors had rug. There were no hard mm-hmm. wood or linoleum or anything. And so actually uh, on my little knee scooter, it was a lot of freaking work. I only I only made it to three um, artist alley aisles before somebody ran into my leg Ooh. so hard that my toes bent backwards and popped my foot. <laughs> and at that point, I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm just going <laughs> to sit down and wait for the panel. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Speaking of, oh my God, I can't believe you even did that. That's that's amazing, incredible. You are my hero. <laughs> damn it. I, I swear, I would be like, just fly me back home. I'm laying in bed forever. <laughs> but she made it one con and to our panel, and I wanted to extend a very big and much love and thank you to Fanbase Press. Yes, yes. we would love to thank Fanbase Press because, we, or else we would not have been at WonderCon on that panel. And oh, there, Barbara is amazing. She's amazing. And, and our audience just—I mean, this is oh like God, the third yes. time we've done this panel, and it just grows and grows. And this is the biggest mm-hmm. audience we've had um, mm-hmm. since we started. And mm-hmm. the questions, and then the people who come up after. Everyone is so amazing, and I just, this mm-hmm. particular panel, I think really, uh, uh, I think was touching to me. For, oh, absolutely. Uh, for Definitely. a lot of reasons. Yeah. <laughs> for a oh, lot yeah. of reasons, but it just, I, 
we got in a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I, it surprised me by how many people were interested in um, uh, in our panel. And, yeah, um, what, what you missed the first time that Jen and I did it yes. together. Yes, I and did. that I think that time we were talking to like a total of maybe ten people. Yeah. <laughs> And then um uh what was what was our first panel at um uh Long Beach Comic Long Expo? Beach I believe uh well, it was in no. Long Beach for sure no it was, it was in October, um, the right? first time that we did it was Stanley Stanley yeah. uh, Kamikaze that's right. yeah that's and right. then we went to Long Beach yeah. Expo where we had a slightly bigger mm-hmm. crowd and then we to WonderCon it where it was it was like the room was. It had to be at least half full. Yeah, yeah. it was very, very full. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, it's not very often that panels do get packed, mm-hmm. but I was surprised by how many people were excited for our yeah. panel and wanted to listen to what we had to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, right before the panel, I always get off you know, frazzed out, at a, been out of shape, like, oh my God, oh my God. I have all this <laughs> oh yeah, this was, cr- uh, this was Sarah's first panel. No, no, it was the second, second panel. Oh, second panel. Yeah, yeah but yeah. she did Long Beach. I did. Oh Long, yeah, yeah, you did, did Long Beach. That's right. I but um, I was seeing the people come in. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And the cool thing is, like, you're up in a, a, a kind of like a little stage, and you can look at your audience. And so, mm-hmm. like, I saw a lot of people, and I saw this, you know, these look in their eyes that I really appreciate. It was like wonder. Like a sense of wonder. <laughs> so it was really moving for me. I, I really loved it. I really, really did love it. And I want to thank Fanbase Press for making it happen. And it's mm-hmm. just such an honor to participate and to have a lot of people come over and, and ask questions and, you know, participate in the panel with us. So um, Jen and I, we went on Saturday. Like most of the day, we just um, went to panels. panels. And mm-hmm. so I was getting a, kind of hyped up because th- there's a lot of great information yeah. in panels and a lot mm-hmm. of passion and a lot of camaraderie. So um, I really was feeling that all day. And then for our panel to go so amazing, it was just like the icing on no, wait, the cherry on top of the icing? How does that go? <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was the same just with the cherry on top. Yeah, it was just the cherry yeah. on top. Okay, cherry on top. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, and I wasn't able to attend it, but I also heard that there was a really awesome um, panel that was completely in Spanish. What? what? Yeah, and um, oh, uh, Samorachi, Samoraiachi. I can never oh, say that. Okay. Samoriachi? Samorachi. Samorachi. Dude, Mark Alexander, he was on the panel. Really? Oh, that's yeah. great. That's uh-huh. amazing. Another very panel. happy for him. There was another panel that was uh, that was delegated. Is that the correct? Uh, or fronted or introduced? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. By uh, uh, Nathaniel Osoyo. Moderated. 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 Oh, uh-huh. okay. I, know I didn't know what you were trying to say. I was just what trying to say. Uh-huh. Does she mean moderator? Uh, I was going to say moderator. I speak English. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, he was the moderator of the augmented reality panel. Oh, yes. yeah. Oh, so okay. a lot of the great uh, talent that we reviewed here on on Comadresi Comics was were moderators or mm. participants in uh, panels at this WonderCon. So, man, it's it's. It's so amazing. <laughs> it was great. And they a lot of them were there. Um, uh, I know Nathaniel Solo was there. The mm-hmm. Pole Noir guys were mm-hmm. there. Um, a few others that we've reviewed were there. And on mm-hmm. our panel, which was Latinx, uh, what was it? Latinx uh, com- creators, and characters, and, characters and fans, or yeah, readers. readers. Um, uh, it was... Commodity Comics, all three of us, but we actually got to share the sta- the panel stage with Sebastian Kadlecik from um, the creator of Quince, mm-hmm. which is an amazing honor. 
Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. Definitely. We love his comic. We yeah. absolutely do. Dude, seriously, there came a point where he was talking about his work um, on uh, with Quince and, mm-hmm. you know, and about his mom, and I was, like, tearing up. I'm like, Me too. Like, don't cry. Don't cry. <laughs> I was just like, oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was beautiful. It was it was really from the heart, and you could totally tell. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was a great honor to be on stage with him. Mm-hmm. Anyways, anything you guys, any any other things you guys would like to add? Oh yeah, there were also the reason that I didn't um uh that we didn't record earlier were before Emerald City Comic Con and all that stuff. Oh yeah, was because I was in Guatemala. Yeah, yay! <laughs> she was on vacation. I was on vacation for a week. Um, the reason I went was actually for the sad. My grandfather passed away, mm-hmm. and my oh, mom. Sh- yeah, my mom actually rushed first, and so that she could like maybe see if she could like actually get there in time yeah she missed him by 30 minutes <gasps> oh yeah. no yeah so, um, she said that when she got there he was still warm but he Aww. had already passed away and so she was there she had to help with preparations funeral preparations the burial and everything yeah. so by the time that i went there i only went there for about seven eight nine days mm-hmm. yeah um um and um, uh, I got to see his grave and everything, but I was there for a week and it was a lot of fun. It was still a lot. Of <laughs> yeah. Uh, she was sharing pictures oh, uh, yeah, all yeah. over uh, social pictures. media, and I felt like I was there. Yeah. I'm, I've never been to Guatemala. I've never. I don't know really anything about the history of, of Guatemala, uh, Guatemala yeah. or the culture or anything, and mm-hmm. it was fascinating to me. So I super appreciated that you shared that, and yeah, it, it makes me um, like. I can picture now when you share the stories, like I, I picture now the things mm-hmm. that you talk about when you've told us that you've gone back yeah. uh, and visited and stuff. And so I just think that um, I think it's super interesting to learn the culture and history mm-hmm. of other uh, countries around the world and not even countries, but here in the United States, our mm-hmm. our states have such rich, diverse culture as well. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, from architecture to the food mm-hmm. uh, to just the climate, um, you know, it's just amazing. I mean, and if you take the a little bit of time and kind of uh, look into it, I mean, it's just so rewarding in the end. Mm-hmm. And I it loved is. your pictures. Yeah. My favorite you. part was the cemetery. The cemetery. Yeah, yes, I loved the cemetery. <laughs> the cemetery, yeah. I just, it, it really struck me at how bright and beautiful yeah. they were. Oh, yeah. The yeah. colors. When I, and it's funny because when I said, when I said that the cemetery was beautiful over there, my mom was just like, no. Like, it was, she was like, yeah, well, she didn't say no, but then, like, she actually took a moment. Yeah. To look at it because she grew up with that yeah. cemetery, and cemetery, and she was just so like, yeah, I guess it is, <laughs> and it was kind of funny. She's just so like, she's like, I do like the colors. She's just so like, I just, uh, she's just been living in the states so long that for her the yeah. cemetery is like, um, uh, the the what's the one the the really fancy one the forest. Forest Hills. Forest Hills uh-huh. Cemetery and stuff like that. Because we know a few people who oh, are Forest been, Lawn. Forest Lawn. Yeah, there you go. But Forest Lawn because we know a few people who are buried yeah. there. And it's expensive to be buried yeah. there. And um, um, the one that's right by Fox Hills Mall, um, mm-hmm. uh, that big cemetery right there. And there's the one in Inglewood as well. Mm-hmm. She's mostly familiar with that. And But when we went there, I, I, that was literally the first thing I said. Because my, my sister, I have an older sister um, uh, who was left behind. Uh, when my mom came to the States and she lives there. Uh, but she is, she has, 
she's renting a house there right now, and uh, it costs her 800 quetzales, which roughly translates to a little over a hundred dollars of rent and i almost cried i was just wow. like yeah so she pays like about a hundred dollars in rent and i mean in getzales over there it's still like it's still hard to get 800 getzales yeah. but also at the same time just like fucking a hundred dollars yeah. for rent yeah. like oh my god uh and it's like it's a it's it's a two-story house mm-hmm. it's wow. like wow she's renting that and it's a very very nice um um but she lives r- literally right across the street from the cemetery, from the cemetery entrance. So when I saw it, and when I the first the first time I saw it, I was just like, "It's beautiful." And um, uh, and both my sister and my mom, uh, they had it hadn't registered it to them until I said it, and they were like, "Yeah, I guess it is." And then I guess I kind of helped them with um uh come f- with my grandpa and everything that like he was buried there because i guess they were just like because then they started talking about like how are we going to cement and stuff and it's just, they basically started talking about my grandpa and which is something that they had avoided mm. until i got there and i was just like yo tell me more <laughs> <laughs> where was he buried and all that stuff and so i was glad i was able to help at least with that because yeah. i well i only met my grandfather a few times um I was mostly sad that my mom was sad. Yeah. I, it's, there was an emotional disconnection uh, uh, right there. So I was, well, I, I was sad and I mostly regretted that I couldn't have known him more. Yeah. That I wouldn't have, that I wasn't able to sit down with him and talk and um, uh, get to know him. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't as emotionally difficult for me as it was for my mom or for my grandma, or for my sister. Yeah. And my grandma too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it was a fun trip, but all this to say is that I brought back beer <laughs> <laughs> from Excellent. Guatemala. From Guatemala. Well, let's let's open it up. Let's, right. let's take a look. <laughs> well, I actually bought three beers, and the first beer is called um, uh, Gallo Cerveza, or known here in the states and out of Guatemala as Famoso. Oh, okay. Um, That actually sounds familiar to me. uh Yeah, it's called uh, Famosa. So this is they kind of rebranded it a bit once it um, uh, once it went international. But uh, Gallo Cerveza has been in production since 1896. That's amazing. They have a very very long history, and on the bottle itself, they have Gallo is basically. that means uh, rooster. Yeah, rooster. Right. I was going to say cock, but... <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, that's... that's, that's, that's accurate. That's accurate. <laughs> um, uh, but it's a, it has a, a rooster crowing uh, on the front, and it says Gallo Cerveza on the back. And it says, Tradición y Orgullo de Guatemala. So, tradi- uh, proud... Uh, I'm a proud tradition of yeah. Guatemala, and this is a 16 uh, ounce, 16 fluid ounce can, and um, um, it's a lager. It's yes, it is a lager. It actually, it's not. It doesn't have a lot of alcohol, like ABV. It is five percent ABV. That's about par for the course for a lager, though. For a lager. Yeah. But this uh, this beer is the most popular beer in Guatemala. It is the it. I I grew up with this beer. My dad drinking this beer mm-hmm. because above all else, if you gave him a Corona or a Tecate or you get in one of these, he would always go for that one. Mm-hmm. I actually had to stop him from trying to drink this beer. <laughs> <laughs> Because when he saw that I came back with one, he was just like, ooh, beer. And I was just like, no, Dad. <laughs> That's not for you. And then he was just like, ah. And he, was just like, he was just like, oh, I'm going in July. I'll drink it then. 
Um, um, pour some, pour some, I pour will some. pour some right now. Uh, I also brought two other beers, um, um, and, but these are, they're not are exactly they beers. Are they beers or are they like wine coolers? They're not wine coolers because they are, I believe, six or seven uh, ABV. Yes, this uh-huh. one's six. Yeah. And um, uh, these are made of Quetzalteca. Now, Quetzalteca is a spirit. It's a kind of spirit. Whoops. Okay. Ooh, I can hear it. It's a kind of spirit um, that is very, that is, again, a very popular spirit. And I actually, I grew up with that one, too, because my mom kept a bottle of it. Because not only was it used, is it used as, like, to make cocktails and everything, it's actually kind of considered a kind of medicine. Really? Oh, shoot. No way. Yeah. Quetzalteca is considered a medicine. And I'm, um... I know this because I, it was used on me. Is that uh, one Jamaica? Yes, that <gasps> one is Jamaica. Oh. And so Quetzalteca is a kind of uh, it's a specific kind of um, a spirit that is made from sugarcane. Oh, okay. Got so it. it's actually it's very very sweet. And it, my, when I say it was used on me, it's because when I was young, I fell asleep on the couch in the summer and it, um, uh, in the summer and there was ants. <gasps> what and, the hell? Yeah, on the, on the couch. Yeah. And so when I woke up, I was covered in ant bites Yeah, and I went crying to my mom and she's just like, it's okay, mija. And then she grabbed a bottle of Quetzalteca and poured it all over me. And wow. It, when I say, when I, when I said that it burned, that's what I meant yeah. is that it literally burned my body because it was, oh my god they uh, they pretty and well the rashes went away yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow because um, um it's it's a it's a very very strong spirit and um uh, I didn't know this but they branched out like a couple years ago and they made um one Quetzalteca Rosa de Jamaica uh, which is hibiscus, basically, mm-hmm. and tamarindo flavors. So, yeah. like these are these are like actual drinks because they do have like other bottles that I guess that they sell that you can mix and stuff like that. But this is like actually already like, mixed. Already mixed. Yeah. Like these, they're they're all they have quetzalteca in them along with Jamaica. They have quetzalteca along with um uh, with tamarindo. tamarindo. Well, so they're not. Uh, uh, I wouldn't say they're beers. They're like. I think that it's uh, there's no wine in it, so it's not a wine cooler. It's but I, it's cooler. it's kind of like those like Johnny Walker mixed drinks mm-hmm. that you can buy. Mm-hmm. Like there's a there's an alcohol in it and then a mixer. Mm-hmm. So excellent. And so so this <laughs> definitely smells 100 percent like a lager. Yes. Something mm-hmm. that if it's a like really cold, it's like really good on a hot day. Mm-hmm. I don't hold very much. Like in my mind, I'm like I'm I. Sorry, all you Guatemalan beer drinkers and lovers out there. <laughs> but in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to drink it, and it's going to taste just like Corona. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I know you just said it tastes like Corona, but I'm not a lager lover, um, mm. and I don't like Corona, and I don't like Modelo, mm-hmm. but I like this. I was going to say, mm. yeah, no, it doesn't taste, that's what I was thinking, but yeah. it doesn't taste like no, Corona. No, it doesn't taste like that, because I'm, um, uh, I'm looking more online, and it's because this is made from corn. This, oh. this is made from corn. 
and I, it I has was, a unique taste. It has a very unique because I just took a sip right now, and I'm actually surprised by how much I like it. It's very yes, light. It's very, very light, and, and it's yeah. and but I, it's tasty. But it's, it's tasty. Yeah. It tastes most fresh lagers too. are super watery, and that's yeah. what I don't like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could totally like, or at least mass-produced lagers, not craft lagers, but yeah. Um, and we had it sitting on the table for a while, so it's not as cold as it could be, but this would be amazing, super cold and chilled. Mm-hmm. I really like it. I oh, feel yeah, like my, it's really fresh. My dad really loves drinking this cold, mm-hmm. cold, cold as possible. But now I, I can see it's actually really cool. And I'm looking at it, and it says that it has, it's made from sweet corn. Mm-hmm. It has honey and peppercorns in it. Ooh. And, um, um, and a few other things, but... I feel that it must have some kind of citrus too because when you opened it and poured it at first, I felt like there was like a lemony smell. Yeah. yeah. And then it settled into that lager smell. The peppercorn mm-hmm. actually is very prominent for me and I like it. Mm-hmm. And it's, a, it's, a, I, I can actually taste honey. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Guatemala is actually known for some of its honey production. Oh, really? It's known for its maize. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. It's known for honey and mangoes. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, uh-huh. I gotta say, I am pleasantly surprised with this. Me too. I yeah. do not, like I said, I was, I'm I was like <laughs> not into lagers, but no. this one is delicious. This, this one's actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, I mean, to me, lagers, I think Corona, Bud Light, Coors, mm-hmm. Natural Ice, like all that kind of stuff, and that's exactly what I was expecting. I was expecting and that too. And this, although the front part of it is a 100% basic lager. Mm-hmm. It's very complex in its aftertaste and all those mm-hmm. uh, things that you mentioned, the honey and the peppercorn mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, everything, you mm-hmm. can taste it at the end and it's actually really good. Yeah, it's actually pretty refreshing. And actually, I'm thinking like if I drank like a 12-pack of this, the the um a twelve pack <laughs> <laughs> a six pack no no I'm talking about twelve pack a I mean, pack? yeah because my my um what is it called uh, tolerance my tolerance has increased especially oh, okay. since Frank's been here uh. um, so um I I'm thinking if I drank a twelve pack of this um uh, I think the next day wouldn't hurt as much. Like, um, <laughs> I I feel like the uh, the hangover wouldn't be such a really bad factor mm. well at five percent you're probably right mm-hmm. uh it wouldn't be as as a like a the same as an ipa or something mm-hmm. well no 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 actually i'm quite the reverse when i have like craft beer my uh, there's almost no hangover even if i get really wasted really mm. because uh, it's so fresh mm-hmm. like i feel mm-hmm. like the longer it's been in storage and stuff so when i have um uh, when I have, uh, for instance, if I get drunk off of um, Tecate, I know the hangover is going to suck ass. <laughs> and, and, or Modelo's the worst. Modelo's the worst one. I never get hungover because I um, you moderate. I drink by the strict rule of one pint of water for every beer I drink. And I, so I, I stay hydrated because hangovers are generally your, your body's dehydration symptoms. So the next day you wake up, you dry mouth, your, your, all your, um, vitamins and minerals and everything have been just washed out and you, um, you're not, you, you didn't say hydrated because the beer and the, al- the alcohol in the beer has dehydrated you and that's where the headaches come from and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I just had since college, I've had a steadfast fast rule of one glass of water per alcoholic drink and I never wake up 
I've, I've, after New Year's Eve, on New Year's Day, I woke up the next day and went and did, um, exercise class. <laughs> oh my god. And the funny thing is, I was still drunk. <laughs> <laughs> but I went, I wasn't hungover. That's why, cause I was still drunk. You were still drunk. <laughs> you wow. can't be hungover if you're still uh, drunk. I was in my 20s, so that, <laughs> I'm sure it's a different story now. <laughs> yeah, it takes a lot for me to be hungover. <laughs> no, I, I get hungover quite regularly, and I think I think the hangover uh, quality would be a lot better with this beer. I just feel like it it would really be mm-hmm. good. So to it get is a, off of. it's a pint can. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen these in bottles or just cans? I've seen it. Actually, my dad usually buys them in bottles okay. in um, uh, glass bottles. So this is actually it's not that I haven't seen it in a can, but I've usually seen it in smaller cans because it is. It is an imported beer here mm-hmm. in the states. It's a, it's available um, uh, year round. Okay. Um, uh, uh, so you can find it anywhere. Actually, um, where my parents usually go buy their materials for catering and stuff like that, um, um, uh, it is it it's available there. Um, um, but you can usually find it in most Hispanic um, uh, or like at least um, um, like El Super, El Tapatio, um, uh, like the... Basically, uh-huh. you can probably find it where you can find Goya. Probably. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. You can find it, you can find Goya. Uh-huh. It might be different because I know that the company who ships to here, I think they make theirs in Mexico. Oh, wow. This one, oh, really? Yeah, this one is made in Guatemala. Does, does that upset your father? <laughs> that his beer <laughs> takes a, uh, a detour through Mexico. <laughs> yes, yeah, it does upset him because he says that it does it's taste different. It, it does mm. taste different. It's still, he still likes it better yeah. than most other beers like Tecate and like Bud Light and Modelo and stuff like that. But that... Uh, the Guatemalan one does taste different, and mm-hmm. I want I want to emphasize this because I uh, completely and utterly believe it. Because when I was in Guatemala and I was eating food, it was I I almost cried because oh, yeah, it was delicious. so fucking good. Yeah, um, of course, it is just it's freshly killed is yeah. what I say. Yeah, like it was, like my mom was telling me like uh, when we woke up one day, she was just like, um, um, I heard a long like like moo and then she's just like oh look they killed the bull and i'm just all like and i was just all like how do you know and she, for one it was early in the morning like yeah. really early like ass o'clock in the morning <laughs> and uh and whatchamacallit and we were already awake because we were sleeping on the wooden beds because that's what my grandma has yeah let me tell you my back problems went away for a week but oh my god <laughs> they were i i could not uh, i didn't like really sleep that well so i would wake up like so early it was so early and um uh, and then she was just like then my mom was just like they killed oh uh, they probably killed the bull they probably it's probably they're gonna probably be selling it later on on that day mm-hmm. at, at the market and i was just like oh my god yeah it's really it's, it. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing the amount of blood you find in in uh in in the meat there it's like totally different from the amount of blood you find here because mm-hmm. here it almost looks washed out yeah, the meat because it's been I, sitting there for so long. Yeah, and over there it's just uh, true. Mm-hmm. When I went to the butchers because we would go to the butchers because that's where you got your meat. Um, it doesn't stink. It doesn't. It doesn't stink it's, at all. So does meat. fish. It doesn't stink it if doesn't, it's fresh. It doesn't yeah. stink yeah. if it's fresh. And in meat, yeah. it doesn't stink. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't stink at all. It actually it it smells oh, how musky. I, I guess for me, I felt it smelled like metal because of the blood. I mean, it smells oh, a bit yeah. like metal. I'm all, 
but it's it's not a bad smell at all. It actually kind of made me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but um, uh, when we were in my dad's town in Momostenango, um, we bought some meat to for our grandmother who still eats. Uh, she um, uh, I saw her, but she's like she's not. She's old. She's very old, but she could still eat meat. So we bought some meat, and there was this old, this older woman, and I kid you not, like she must have been at least sixty, and <laughs> she, she must have been at least sixty. But she lifted up one of those like cow like hunks by herself onto a hook, and then I was uh, when I saw her do that, I was immediately intimidated. I was just like, holy shit, this woman can like. I'm laughing because I feel like 60 is not that far from me. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I said at least she was at least 60 at most, maybe 75. Uh huh. Uh, so that's why I'm I'm yeah. generalizing it. And she was she was small. She was like she was she was pretty big. And she had her hair up in a bun with a, um, uh, and she had like a nice, like frilly smock covered in blood. And I was just like, I was just like, oh my god, this is, I am, I am endeared and intimidated at the same time. Cause she called it, she was very sweet, she called everybody like the equivalent of Deary, um, um, which is querida, yeah. she, or querido, um, uh, but like I saw her, I saw her lift one of those, He's like it was basically half a cow, yeah, by herself yeah. onto a metal hook, and she had a cleaver in her hand that she used to cut off pieces and stuff like that. And I was just like, "Oh my fucking god, <laughs> I am so intimidated." But this is also very, very cute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm um, and what you call it? And she was like, we were looking for pieces, and she was just like, "Well, I don't have this, but my grandson sells like two stalls over," and we're just like. Oh, that's pretty funny. The family business. Yeah. So it was it was, it was pretty cool, but um, uh, but oh my god, the food was on another level. So yeah. I, I completely believe that the um uh, the stuff made um uh, for this beer gives it that unique and more I guess a complex taste as well. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> well, I I'm gonna go ahead and rate that. <laughs> I think I'm going to go full, uh, only because it's really, it was really high on, I didn't expect it to be as amazing as it actually turned out to be, especially for a lager. Like I said, mm-hmm. uh, for a lager, I think it's a full, only because it's so yes. fresh, and yes. the, the ingredients mm-hmm. that, that are in there really kind of pop out every now and then, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I would definitely drink a 12-pack of this with my husband. <laughs> <laughs> okay, with your husband. <laughs> that that sounds okay. better and then for you just with... <laughs> Twelve beers all by yourself. <laughs> I mean, more power to you, but still. <laughs> um, I will qualify it as well. For a lager, it's a rigid. It's a rigid. Yeah. Nice. Nice. I mean, compared to other craft beers, I don't think my rating would be as high. But right. for a lager, I definitely think it's Absolutely. a rigid. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I was honestly surprised by how much I like because I was honest to God spe- uh, expecting Corona taste. Yes, me too. Uh, me too. I yeah. was I was 100% willing to believe that it was Corona taste. Yeah. But it's not. So you know what? I'm going to go with a full as well. Mm-hmm. Me, it's um. I'm kind of undecided about it being a rigid. Uh-huh. Maybe if it was like an actual craft beer, mm-hmm. like yeah, like Kristen, if it was a craft beer, because this is it's not exactly craft beer. It is one kind of mass produced as yeah. well, but it is of a different quality. So when you know what, compared to yeah. like Corona, Tecate, Modelo, and all of those, it. Had, I'm gonna give it a rigid, mm-hmm. but as a as like a like a craft beer or something, it would 
as you know, at most maybe be a partial or a full. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So if you want like uh, if you don't want like to get too buzzed, if you want something to drink that has flavor in it, gallo. I think Famosa. definitely. Mm-hmm. Sitting in a uh, cooler full of ice on a hot summer day, and you oh, reach yeah. in there and you pick it out and you open it up, and that first drink is always the best. But yeah, and because it's only five percent and it's light, easy, easily drinkable, I think definitely I would do. Uh, I would uh, do that for the summer. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Should we agitate it? It feels like some of the stuff is on the bottom. For this one, no. No, okay. it's this already been agitated enough. Okay. <clears throat> the tamarindo, yeah, we might need to do one. But now we're going to do the quetzalteca. Excellent. And that's the one that I was talking about. That Oh, is this a twist off? What? It no. is! Ooh! I love quetzalteca. But anyways, the few times that I have drank actual quetzalteca, the actual spirits, it it's sweet. And it also burns going what down as well. <laughs> what? Why okay, are you scaring me? What is Quetzalteca, <laughs> though? A, I want to know what it is. It's a, it's, it's spirits. It's basically... But it's, what spirit? It's <laughs> a, oh, yeah. The, <laughs> the actual proper name for it is, I believe... Oh, God, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? It's a Aguardiente. Oh, nice. Y- you know what it is? Yeah, Aguardiente okay. um, Sugarcane, right? Uh, yeah, sugar yeah, cane. That's okay. what I meant. Yeah, they, they also have aguardiente in uh, Colombia. In Colombia. Which I have tasted. It's pretty pretty awesome. Okay. Pretty pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And this one this, this one comes you. in a glass beer. It's very pretty. Oh, it it's is, very, very it pretty. Is, and and it smells so good. It smells Oh, my amazing. God. It's so uh, perfumada. It smells mm-hmm. 100% just like Jamaica from the taco truck. <laughs> yeah, it does. And it's, it smells like my mom's Jamaica. And but um, uh, that's what quesalteca is, it, and it generally tends to be sweet, like the quesalteca, like the actual, because the actual bottle itself, dude, I could drink. Usually comes oh, like this. Yeah, it's very. Oh delicious. my gosh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you mix it with what you want. We mix it with what okay. you want, but like as as I was saying before, this is it's also used medicinally and it's also used by actual Mayans in uh, oh, so in when your mother poured it on you she poured that on you she poured that just on me the, just, just the alcohol just the okay, alcohol okay I was picturing in my mind I was like there were ants and she <laughs> poured this on you full of sugar <laughs> <laughs> no not this I was saying these, these are new these are actually even my mom was taken by surprise when she saw okay. them she was just like oh they're branching out so yeah so um, this is kind of like on the same par as like Mike's Hard la- Lemonade or something because mm-hmm. that is like lemonade mixed with uh, with liquor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. It's basically like that. And I just took a shit sip of this, and oh my fucking god, it's so good. It's, it's very so good. It's, it's like juice. Yes. It's, it's basically. You juice. don't taste any alcohol at all. Actually. I would get. Oh my god, I would absolutely get shit faced to this because oh, I can't. I yeah. can't taste and alcohol. It, and I at love all. Jamaica. And I and I love Jamaica too. <laughs> this colder, like that's it. Yeah. Like I would utterly. I would actually it. drink it over ice because I would finish it before the ice had time to melt. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I like this. I really do. I wonder if they have this this year. I was just gonna ask you. Have you seen it available not, here at all? I have not seen it. Available How about here just ago? the alcohol itself? The alcohol itself, yes. Yes. The okay. alcohol itself is um. Uh, now that one is actually a bit harder to find. Mm. The way we find it is um. um there's stores all over um. Uh, all over LA that sell Guatemalan stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, um. That's where you can find them. Like it basically look for a local store that sells like imported goods and they usually have that okay. and in los angeles it's pretty ho- easy to find 
And I'm pretty sure that you can probably order it online as well. Mm. They might even have that, but I have not actually seen these here in the States at all. They might be available, but I just don't know. Yeah. Don't know where, don't know how. And um, when I took my second sip, I can... Actually, I can I can taste a bite. Like, but then a little it's, bit, yeah. Yeah, I can taste a bite. Um, um, <laughs> and the, but then it's masked by the Jamaica. Mm-hmm. And I'm... Um, Imagine, though... If you just, you find a bottle of the Quetzalteca by itself and you have fresh Jamaica. Oh my gosh. Oh wow. my god. <laughs> that would, I would just uh, pour that entire bottle into the Jamaica. Were there any flavors that you didn't bring back that they had as well? The, I only saw Tamarindo and Jamaica. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. those are the popular ones, I yeah. guess you could say. But oh my god, this is, this is so This good. is really good. I'm almost finished with this. I know. Let's let's go ahead and write this one. <laughs> I feel like I feel like this is gonna sneak up on you and get you into trouble. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go full on this one. <laughs> this is Sarah, and I'm reporting this as a fool only because I feel that it's very dangerous. I feel like if you start, if you give me this, like, okay, let's say I'm talking to a guy at a club, right? And he's like, "Let me get you a drink." He gets me this, and then I'm like, hmm, "This is pretty good." And then he'll keep getting me that. Oh, yeah. I'll be into trouble at yeah. the end of the night. It'd be one of those sneakers. So this is Kristen. I also am rating it a full only mm-hmm. because I know what yummy, nice, fresh Jamaica tastes like. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Jen's dad's Jamaica that he made for the um, Days of the Dead event we had at Heidi Ho was amazing. Um, so it tastes good and I like it. But because it's like processed Jamaica flavor and not fresh flavor, I will give it a full. But I think I, I this to me is like um, uh, backyard, like house party drink. Yeah. <laughs> Classy, we are not doing this. No. <laughs> I mean, I, I was actually looking for breweries, if there any existed mm-hmm. in there. And... I'm not even going to lie, like, I think they do exist in the capital, but since mm. basically no one has a website, you cannot find them. I oh. cannot find them. Interesting. But also, if you want to get technical, people brew beer in their, in their homes. In their yeah. homes over there. Yeah. And they taste moonshine. They have moonshine and they are unafraid to drink it. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, they are not afraid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to like you, I I very firmly believe that they just have freaking plastic tubs where they mix whatever it is that they need to do to make beer and just drink from that. And I'm just all <laughs> like, oh my god. My dad told me a few stories. He said that that's what him and his friends did for a while. No way. Yeah, he said he was. He said he said, and I quote, that it was it was the worst tasting beer that he had ever had. But oh my god, did he get fucked up quick? Oh yeah, <laughs> those are the best. Uh, there was a there's a alcoholic beverage in uh, Nicaragua called El Caballito, which translates to the pony. Uh-huh. The pony. Oh my god. <laughs> and uh, excuse me, you get a small bottle for like a dollar. And uh, you drink that, and you're straight for the the rest of the night. You're just like, I'm I'm good. And it's 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 a good um it's it's good like if you want to get drunk and just kind of like not buy beer after beer after beer, mm-hmm. it's pretty perfect. Drink I promise you that we are going to talk about comics at some point. <laughs> <laughs> but I think bring three beers basically. <laughs> I'm wanting to call this a beer simply because it is carbonated. You very slightly, mm-hmm. I can taste the carbonation. Yeah. 
All right, we're All trying right. the tamarindo, right? You yeah, I'm letting the jamaica settle in my stomach right now. Because <laughs> I took a big swig at the end, and it's like so, I feel like heat just rising from the pit of my stomach up to like the top of my head. <laughs> I Yeah. Gonna, you know what? Yeah. And my foot is not hurting. <laughs> <laughs> I told the girls that I, I didn't take my pain meds today specifically because I knew I was coming to here and we drink beer and we do ratings and stuff. <laughs> and uh, and so I was um, experiencing some discomfort, not really pain, but discomfort. But that's all gone now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, this is this is literally, yeah. It's, I'm look, reading the front right now. It says, Bebida alcohólica a base de aguardiente. So it is. Oh, it is uh-huh. Quetzalteca. It is aguardiente mixed in with aguardiente. aguardiente mixed in with that. So that bite that I felt like these weird. This is the equivalent of concentrated tequila that's been mixed in with Oof. this. So if you're you're gonna but feel it, but without that probably. tequila uh, burn, I think without oh, yeah. tequila burn, yeah. yeah. Well, because it's only six percent yeah. ABV, so mm-hmm. they've me- measured it out so that it's only six percent. But I can definitely feel that that warm feeling that you can only get from spirits. It's mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. It's there. Oh, my gosh. How is that? It's good. The tamarindo one? It's really good. I'm willing to believe oh that this God. tamarindo one is actually, because I, I, I saw the, the like, fleshy part yes, underneath. Yes, uh-huh. And that it settled. This is 100% tamarindo. Yes. Dude, my aunt used to make tamarindo dulces at home <gasps> in Mexico. Oh, my God. And this tastes just like that. Oh, my God. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm just like... I just got a flashback. You just got oh. a flashback. Wait, how much are these in whatever? Quetzal. Yeah. Um, this one, the uh, the gallo, the gallo, it was eight and a half quetzales, a little over a dollar. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because the quetzal one one dollar translates to about seven point three quetzales. Yeah. Um, uh, this one is exactly a dollar. Okay. These okay. two are exactly a dollar. So, I feel like four of these would fuck me up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For the, the sweet ones? Yeah. They would f- definitely fuck me up because they're, they're actually using... This is basically a cocktail. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is basically a cocktail or a spritzer. It's um, uh, four of these and I will be fucked up. Mm-hmm. I think... And it tastes like, like candy. Yeah, over ice it and does. maybe a little mm-hmm. garnish like... it. I think it would send it mm. over. I think it'd be so great. The tamarindo is good. Oh, my God. I actually thought I was going to like the Jamaica better. Me and too. Although I liked it, mm-hmm. this is better. Yeah. yeah. It just tastes uh, more f- fresh for me. It, yeah. It tastes... Uh, the tamarindo mm-hmm. taste is mm-hmm. more closely authentic. to what... A, yes, you more authentic it, than what the Jamaica yeah, was. Oh, yeah. Well, what the Jamaica yeah. was. Yeah, I I definitely 100% believe that because tamarindo itself, um, uh, I make tamarindo in the summers. Oh, do you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. We buy tamarindo at um, uh, El Super mm-hmm. and um, uh, we make agua from that. Oh, okay. Um, uh, oh. Ev- every summer, that's what we do. Mm-hmm. And so um, um, that's why I know I know how real tamarindo is. Yeah. Like, I make it. Yeah. Uh, and li- this is, this is one, this is, I am willing 100% believe that someone went and like smashed up tamarindo themselves. Yeah, because you have that yeah. little pulp at the and bottom. Yeah, pulp. and like Jen was saying, with the Jamaica, we didn't have to do this, but with the tamarindo, we had to shake the bottle because there was a, it was separated. There was mm-hmm. a lot of like 
fleshy bits on the bottom of the bottle. In the, in the bottom of the bottle, yeah. And you fleshy don't, bits. <laughs> it's the band coming to LA next week. <laughs> and you don't get that if they just threw that in afterwards. Oh, yeah. That's the, that's not how... Yeah. It, it, you have to squeeze it with your hands or some other manner to get it to this to be like this. Mm-hmm. This was this will definitely fuck me up. <laughs> I, I really like this. I really, really do. This yeah, is, me too. This is quite a treat. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much. You're welcome. In, in addition to all the awesome pictures and now uh, Guatemalan beer and Guatemalan <laughs> yummies, <laughs> uh, I I uh, can't wait for you to go back. <laughs> I'm actually going to go back in October for uh, Dia de los Muertos. Oh, oh my God. God. Yeah. <gasps> I'm, I'm going to be living up the goth lifestyle as oh, much as I can. Wow. Well, we're going to be going for Dia de los Muertos to celebrate um, uh, basically... Grandpa. My grandfather right, that yeah. has passed away for. Um, <laughs> That's awesome, though. So I can't yes. wait to see your pictures. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see the pictures of the cemetery. Yeah. Um, just, I mean, if the cemetery is that brightly decorated with colors mm-hmm. in just a normal day, like what their Dia de los Muertos like dressing up would be. You guys have no idea. Like, I was tempted to stay another week because we just missed Semana Santa. I mean, right now it's Semana Santa here yeah, yeah. in the States, but over there, the day that we left, it was tomorrow that they, um, uh, the day after that they would kick off Semana Santa preparations. Mm. They were already actually going underway. Uh, I went to Mass over there because I was, it was a Sunday and my mom was just like, let's go Can to Mass. Can you even burst into flames? I know. I was just like, <laughs> like, like, oh my God. Like, you want to talk like, uh, like, this is, this is just me, but like, that place, like Guatemala itself, feels old. Yeah. Oh yeah, it yeah. feels old, and I am one hundred willing, like one hundred percent willing to believe that the old gods are still alive there. Like <laughs> it's just like a, that's where they reside. That's yeah. where they, that's, summer home. That's, that's, that's their home. Because uh, like I'm technically I'm I am religious. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I do. I as much as I'm a very bad Catholic, I'm still kind of marginally a Catholic, and I still believe in God and everything. But over the like over there, I am 100% willing, 100% willing to believe that magic exists there. Mm-hmm. Like it's like it's there. Don't fuck with it. Don't you know? Don't do <laughs> anything and all that stuff. Actually, when we were at the cemetery, um, and I posted a picture of this, um, um, there were oh, two yeah. spots in the cemetery that absolutely stood out. From the rest of the cemetery because they looked burned. Mm. They looked like they had been caught on fire. It was black. Like the building, like the building itself was like, it looked like it had burned down. And um, when we were passing it by, there had been um, uh, some people performing something. They were doing something. And my mom, my mom said, like, it's just coming over there to say hello to strangers and just be like, go, like, um, uh, say, hola, buenos dias, like as you're passing by, or to go, or say, like, there's a, in dialecto, it's a specific word, but I don't know what it is, but you respond with A. Um, uh, basically acknowledging that you're there and that they're there. Um, yeah. Um, it's common courtesy. And we were passing by some people who were doing something, and I don't know what it is that they were doing. But once we passed, my mom was just like, they're doing, they're doing black magic. Mm. Or like, she said, well, not exactly black magic, it could be gray magic, it could be like white magic, and I'm just roughly translating it. I didn't even know there's a, such a thing as gray magic. Yeah, it's, it, it could be good or it could be bad. Mm. Uh, that's basically what gray magic and, is. And where does Santeria uh, fall, uh, fall on that? Uh, white magic. Okay. Um, uh, 
Uh, basically, Santeria is white magic, although it could take a turn to dark magic mm-hmm. as well, black magic. Mm-hmm. And she told me, she's like, that's what they're doing. And they're probably doing white magic because they're doing it during the day. Oh. If you're doing it at night, it is most, it is 95% of the chance black magic. Mm. But we passed this place and my mom told me, like, that's where they do black magic, don't take photos. They will curse you. And I was oh, just like, you, you don't, don't want to get cursed. I don't want to, I didn't want to get cursed. So I was just like, you know what, I'm not going to take pictures. I did take a picture of one of the buildings, but that's because nobody was there. And it, uh, as I said before, it, the building looks burned. It yeah. looks like it had, like, it, like it had been burned down. And it was just, uh, in, cause everything else is pastel colors. It's bright, it's vivid, and then there's just this Darkness. Yeah, this dark, like, smokiness. Yeah, Yeah. when she showed me the picture, I was like, it looks like it's burned. She's like, it is. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It looks like, um, I think, I think it was burned down. Uh Uh-huh. Um, um, and that's where they perform a lot of the old Mayan rituals and a lot of, like, black magic, white magic, stuff like that. And my mom, my mom, my mom 100% believes that it works. And I'm just, I'm, I'm still skeptical. I'm just like, but I prefer to be cautious. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, it's just habit, I guess. And also, like, I don't want to be rude. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely. Uh-huh. Um, are we ready to rate the uh, tamarindo? Oh, yeah. Oh, the tamarindo 100% gets a rigid for me. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. The fresh mm-hmm. factor and the little pulp at the bottom, it mm-hmm. just really sends it to a new level. It literally tastes like tamarindo candy. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I am very, very warm right yeah. now. And, and not Me only too. that, it's homemade tamarindo candy. So yeah. I'm gonna, I'm very excited about that one. This is definitely a rigid, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, um, while we uh, let this sink in, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jen, you have some cheese for us? I do. Okay, so at WonderCon, I went to um, uh, a spotlight of Mar- Mariko Tamaki, and she is the creator of This One Summer, which is a oh, band yeah. book. It is a band graphic novel that's a bit autobiographical by her, and it's really good because it touches upon about like bullying and like um, uh, being lesbian, being LGBTQ as a kid, and um, uh, and a lot of like dark subjects and stuff like that. But so I can guess, but it won the Children's Literature Award. What? Yeah. That's awesome. Uh-huh, because I'm, yes. um, and it's a well, children, but like tween age. Yeah. It's like stuff, uh, that area right now. So it, it made it a, it was, it was a band book. And she's also known for doing a bit of other stuff, but she's also going to be the writer for X23. Oh. Yeah. And so this is already publicly announced, but, yeah. um, uh, well, I was there. She had been talking with Cinna Grace, mm-hmm. who is um, uh, who was moderating the paddle, and they're both so funny. They're I both love so Cinna. It's uh, such a great banter. Uh-huh. Yeah, and Cinna uh, used to work for Heidi Ho as a teenager. Mm-hmm. That is so cool. Mm-hmm. So we know Cinna. Uh, Cinna? Is it Cinna or Cinna? I don't know. I say Cinna, but I don't know what the correct pronunciation <laughs> is. <laughs> I say I say Cinna. And he was talking about, and um, uh, she let it slip that she's also doing something else for Marvel. Something called Claws. Then, and she she said that, well, I'm technically not supposed to talk about it, but it is a horror anthology set um, uh, for Marvel that would feature, uh, she said, uh, uncryptically, people with also claws, Mm -hmm. Wolverine, Mm -hmm. X-23, 
Hellcat. Mm-hmm. Uh, <gasps> Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. So it's a, it's an anthology series. What's the little um, uh, X-23? Lo- Honey Badger. Uh, Honey Badger, yes. <laughs> Honey Badger. So it might feature her as well, but it's basically, it's it's super interesting, and I'm super cool. excited to uh, uh, hear about it. And nothing official has been announced for it, which is why she was just all like, oops. <laughs> well, I'm going to get in a little bit into detail, but not too much. Yeah. Um, um, so look out for that. I don't know when it's going to be coming out, but Charles Claus. And I'm always, I'm always down for any horror anthology set, especially for something as big as Marvel, because they used to have a horror thing. Um, uh, from Vampire Tales mm-hmm. to Werewolf by Midnight mm-hmm. and um, uh, The Monster Called Frankenstein. And some of them were cheesy, but some of them were pretty good as well. The Tomb of Dracula is yeah. one of my yeah. favorite. And, um, uh, it was old school ones. Um, uh, Werewolf by Midnight is pretty good too, though. And so to see them kind of bringing that back a little bit, I'm happy because I really like that. I actually, at Heidi Ho yesterday, I bought um, uh, issue number one of Sinister House of Secret Love <laughs> by DC. And it's just like, oh my god, it was so trashy. I loved it. I loved it. It was like, like the issue number one was so trashy. <laughs> It's like those, it's those trashy gothic romance uh, tales that they used to do, and I wish they would do again. Me too. Which, which we kind of saw in Young Monsters yes, in Love. Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. Oh, I loved that so much. I loved it so much too, and so I kind of I wish they would bring that back, but we we never know. Sigh. Um, uh, well, that's but, really interesting news. But though. she's going to be doing that. My other piece of cheesement is that Dan Slott and Sarah Pacelli are bringing back. The Fantastic Four. Yep. What? Yep. And Kristen actually oh, clued me this. <laughs> <laughs> Kristen actually mentioned this, and I'm uh, well tagged me in the, in the mm-hmm. article, and I read it. And I'm a uh, C B Sibolsky or whatever the new editor in chief has announced that they are bringing back an ongoing series for the Fantastic Four. Uh, the Marvel Two in One is still going to be ongoing in conjunction with the Fantastic Four, but there is going to be an ongoing title for the Fantastic Four. And it's going to be written by Dan Slott and drawn by Sarah Pacelli, who is best known for helping co-create um, uh, Miles Morales. Mm-hmm. And just she's just an amazing artist. She has a very unique um, uh, artistic style that I really, really like. And she does a really good job of drawing kids and teenagers um, uh, and making them look young, like actual young like children. So she's pretty good. Um, um, and I'm excited about that. She's very, she's very popular. She's like up there with like Fiona Staples and stuff yeah, like that as yeah. a woman, as a uh, creators and like artists in um, uh, hired by Marvel. Mm. And so she's going to be, she's going to be drawing um, uh, the Fantastic Four, and it will be coming out sometime in August. Cool. So still a ways away. Still a ways away. <laughs> but it will be here. Yes. Yeah, people have been. Um, clamoring for a Fantastic Four book for a very long time. A very long time. And it, it was rumored that the reason that they that they were into doing anything was because they didn't have the rights right, yeah. to the Fantastic Four. So Marvel kind of adopted this yeah. theory of we can't have it, nobody can, and they were willing wow. to kill the Fantastic Four. Wow. <laughs> Fatality. Fatality. <laughs> like... So, like, they were basically like, so if we don't have the rights for it, we're not going to create any hype or, like, keep yeah. fans going on for any fa- anything Fantastic Four. But now that they for sure have the rights back from, what was it, Fox? Is it Fox? No. 
It wasn't I don't Universal. Know. Oh, I don't no. remember. Is it Universal? I don't know. <laughs> I forget who the deal was. I forget. They, But they have the rights back to the Fantastic yeah. Four. They're bringing them back. So Nice. Don't know if it was Marvel. Don't know if it was Disney who was just like, stop, kill, like, kill off the Fantastic Four kind of thing. They, I mean, they weren't technically killed off. They right, were just yeah. living off yeah, outside of the, outside of continuity. You see, and fixing uh, the multiverse. you see the thing pop up in um, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur mm-hmm. um, here and there. Here and there. Yeah. And as like I said, the Marvel 2-in-1 yeah. uh, comics. Human Torch and the Thing. Human Torch and the Thing. And it, there was a, they were actually pretty good. And I know that we've been doing well with them because yeah. people wanted, wanted Fantastic, mm-hmm. Fantastic Four stuff. And um, uh, let's be real, Johnny Storm and the Thing are the most popular ones. <laughs> <laughs> what um, are we going to do with Reed Richards when he comes back? Uh, Is he going to be in anger <laughs> management classes? I mean, I mean, because Reed Richards, it's it's 2018. It's a whole new, you know, po- political and social climate, and so things that comics used to get away with back in the day is not necessarily um, okay to write about in that way. So um, he, uh, I think, definitely, I'm interested to see what his Marvel makeover is going to be. Dancelot's pretty cool, so I mean, they might not let him change a lot. I mean, Reed does have a reputation of being a dick mm-hmm. um uh, <laughs> i don't like Reed richards if it isn't obvious yeah <laughs> well for me i don't remember what it was that we read or what i read but this like yes he was so douchey to his wife Mm. And, and not even the storyline where it was he, civil war for the book club. Okay, not mm-hmm. even the storyline where he ag- actually struck her, but just like in everyday conversation and just the relationship between them, he was so just disrespectful and so yeah, he was a dick. He was douchey. I did not like him at all. Mm-hmm. And so he has a reputation of that. So like I guess writing or whatever. Um, uh, but I, I'm, I literally like three of the Fantastic Four, and one of them isn't Red Richards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but that's coming back. I am excited for that. I know a lot of, there's a lot of fans. I know there's a lot of fans of the Fantastic Four, and personally, I do kind of like them. I do like the, um, uh, Frank and Val, um, uh, Valerie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Valerie Richards, who are their kids. Um, um, but it's um uh, I want to see what news stories that they have. What, yeah. What's going to be going on? What's the deal? Is uh, is Reed Richards going to fucking like, get his fucking shit together? Who knows? We yeah. never we never know. It might be an impossibility. <laughs> um, uh, but my third piece of cheese man, and some of you may have already heard, but Gina Rodriguez is set to play oh, Carmen yeah. San Diego in yep. a Netflix live action film. Where wow. in the world nice. is? Carmen San, San Diego. Diego. <laughs> <laughs> I I used to play that in computer lab in school in uh, elementary school. I used mm-hmm. to watch it on PBS all the time. And I, I think I watched some of the uh, cartoon stuff, but um, yeah, I mostly played it, and I failed. I always failed. Uh, played it in like computer lab in like fifth grade. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So but it was cool. It was pretty cool. It is. Um, um, Gina is Jane the Virgin, right? Yeah, Jane okay. the Virgin. I love her. Mm-hmm. I loved her as a, um, I was going to say Biggie Smalls, but no, that's not a Foxy. Mm. Anyway, it was a movie with uh, that lady who died in a plane crash who was big in the ranchero world. 
I know you guys listening are probably like, <laughs> like screaming your, at your, you. Your Latino card has been revoked. <laughs> um, Foxy Brown, I believe it was. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh-huh. she was great. She was like a rapper, freestyle rapper. Oh, yes. yes. And I actually saw her go up against somebody. Yes. Uh, I shared it on Facebook, and she was so good. She, yeah. Uh, I when uh, She was such an angry character and, you know, misunderstood and wore, like, the hoodie with the hood over her head and stuff like that, you know, and rapped. And I, when I found out she was Jean, because I didn't put two and two together, mm-hmm. when I found out she was Jean the Virgin, I'm like, wow, girl, you're so talented. <laughs> I did not put that together yeah. at all. <laughs> She's just, it was amazing. I was like, I, I believed it. I yeah. believed the whole thing. Yeah, she, I think she would make a great Carmen Sandiego. Yeah. And I, 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 again, I know Carmen Sandiego because there had been a cartoon series mm-hmm. that I used to watch on, what was it? It was an old channel, and um, uh, they I think they did it in Spanish, but I remember those, and I remember playing like a uh, how to learn um a uh, game in elementary school mm-hmm. of Carmen Sandiego. So I'm super excited for this, and it's set to be released sometime next year in 2019 in conjunction with a new set of books Ooh, wow. that they're doing um uh, for Carmen Sandiego. Oh, okay. And so it is it is most likely going to be a kid thing. Uh, f- made for children. Okay. Um, uh, even though it's Netflix, but because the owner of um, uh, of um, uh, of the rights to Carmen Sandiego, because Netflix had to uh, get a deal for this, um, um, or they had the the basically the company that owns Carmen Sandiego is a children's learning. Okay. Uh, thing. Yeah. So I don't think they're gonna do anything too edgy with it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I still I still can't wait to see that. <clears throat> Is it going to be a little bit like Dora the Explorer? Where no, I don't think Dora the Explorer <laughs> levels, because it's still going to be live action. Okay, good. Uh, good so good. I don't think it's going to be too PG. It might be at, at most maybe PG-13-ish. Okay. But um, basically, it's not going to be something rated R. It's not going to be 13 Reasons Why or Stranger Things. Okay, <laughs> got it. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like how you had to explain that to me. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, do you have any more cheese man, Jen? That was a lot of cheese man. That, that was, was a, a lot. That of was three bits. Well, I have other cheese men, but it's more personal. My little sister has a boyfriend. <laughs> 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 no, let me. And I, I'm actually eager to talk about this. Is that the only reason we found out? Well, my my littlest brother knew. I don't know how he knew because I I'm getting the I'm getting the feeling that um uh, that he somehow broke into my sister's phone or something or that <laughs> or that he was using her phone and she and he got, and there was a text message yeah. that he read that he yeah. did, wasn't supposed to and that's how he found out. But my other brother, my Catholic twin brother, he caught them on the bus. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my god, when he told me, I burst out laughing because it was the worst case scenario for my little sister. Like, and I could, like, yeah. when he told me, I could envision it happening because they were both on the 51. They were both waiting for the 51, and he was looking at her, and then he looked, and he saw them, and she was cuddling with her boyfriend, uh-huh. and he was just a, like, and then he was just a, they, he literally shouted out, like, Shayla. <laughs> and then she turned, and the look on her face, uh-huh. when he described it, I could fucking see it. I could see it, and I was just like, oh my god, this is the most... Funniest <laughs> shit to ever happen. It might have been the worst fucking day for, for her, her yeah. but oh my god, it was the funniest. Oh god, I, when she came home that day, I fucking burst out laughing. <laughs> and like, I didn't know. I don't know. I, I, 
to be frank, I'm kind of happy that she has a boyfriend and she's like uh, yeah. going out and dating because the Lord knows I wanted to do that in high school, but I, right. Thank but you, I didn't. Yes. But I didn't, so I'm not going to give her shit for it. Yeah. <laughs> but it was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's the last bit of cheese That's the whole family cheese Oh, <laughs> uh, well. On my radar, this is Sarah, uh, we're going to jump right into it. Um, on my radar is uh, Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman is on Hulu, everybody. Oh, so Hulu. now you can watch it oh. and yeah, and uh, enjoy the uh, the antics that led to Wonder Woman, <laughs> the comic book. So, I, I wanted to go to the movie theater to see that, and I just yeah, I didn't same. have time, and I missed it. So, mm-hmm. um, just, it's on Netflix or Hulu? Hulu. Okay, Hulu. yeah. And okay. not a lot of movie theaters were playing it. Mm-hmm. Mostly like Landmark yes, and stuff like a that. a lot of indie places. Well, I thoroughly enjoy it, and I highly recommend it. Not for the kids. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but definitely, definitely not for the kids. But definitely for the adults. Yeah. <laughs> my, my husband walked by while I was watching, and he's like, what are you watching? And I'm like, we'll, we'll find out later. <laughs> so I highly recommend that one. I'm very excited. It was really well. And then there's, you know, there's always the pictures and the little bio at the end yeah. of the movie. Love that part, too. It was yeah. really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's um, that's on my radar. Well, just a, a a little um on my radar this is Kristen that I wanted to mention it's not a comic it's nothing comic related but um it's definitely latino related and I really just wanted to put out there that if you are not watching one day at a time on Netflix you need to be watching one day at a time on Netflix it's so amazing it's so good um those of you who are old enough to uh, remember one day at a time in uh in the 80s it was a story of a single mom who was raising her two daughters and Schneider the um, the building superintendent would always uh, come and bother her at her house and always be there being uh, in her family business and stuff well Netflix redid the um, sitcom around a Cuban family and it just works so well. Rita Moreno is the matriarch um, grandmother of the family. And it's a single mom uh, who's living with her mother and her two children. And um, the Latino culture, the Cuban culture that is portrayed in the sitcom is just so well done and there's parts of dialogue that are just all in Spanish and it works so well and it doesn't seem weird or off or forced. Um, they're, whenever they eat meals, they're always eating um, something cultural. There's rice, there's beans, there's little empanadas, there's in the pantry, in in the kitchen scenes, you can see all the Goya cans in the pantry. Um I mean, it's just, I, I can't recommend it enough. I, because of my leg, I haven't been at work very much. And, um, so I've had a lot of time to binge and I binged the first two seasons and, um, they just this week were, um, green lighted to do a season three. And, and that's one of the things I'm just like really shocked that it has two seasons under its belt and I just found out about it. Yeah. <laughs> like I wish that my, uh, it's on Netflix, right? Yes, Netflix. I wish that my Netflix, uh, thing would have said things we recommend for you. Yeah. Because yeah. I didn't see that under the recommendation. So now I'm very excited to actually mm-hmm. watch this. Yes. 
And that's one of the things I've had um, not an issue with, but something that I actually wanted to see more of is um, challenge, you know, your audience. Don't, you know, sugarcoat it. Like Kristen was saying, they sometimes go off and speak in Spanish and don't do the translation, mm -hmm. um, the English translation. Uh, they just kind of say it the way it's supposed to be said in Spanish. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm assuming with subtitles. No. Oh, no, no subtitles. No subtitles. Mm -mm. Um, and I think that's really great. Um, I think even if they put subtitles, I think it would be cool because that way, you know, you're not. I mean, you're assuming that your audience can read and you know, or is going to try to find out what that means with you know their Spanish-speaking friend or whatnot. So mm -hmm. I think that's great. I, I, I'm loving the idea. Yeah, uh, highly recommend it. Definitely, if you get a chance, watch it and let me know what you think because I just I can't recommend it enough. And Rita uh, Moreno is just she's an icon in she's so the, prolific. The, uh, yeah, so prolific. an icon in the Latino um, act, actor actress world. Um, she was she played Maria in. Um, West Side Story. Mm -hmm. So, um, sh and it's funny because if you know that and you're familiar with um, West, Side West Side Story, they put little like um, Easter eggs in <laughs> about yeah. it. It's really funny. It's that really good. So cool. Yeah. That and there's so actually, if you're a fan of the original One Day at a Time, there's Easter eggs. Um, actually, actors from the original have um, done. Oh, they I have love, roles in I this. I love when they do that. Yeah. It's an um, homage. Yeah. Which <laughs> I, I love homages. Yes. <laughs> Those are great. Yeah. The other thing that's on my radar is this beer. We're going to be drinking a lot of beer, beer today. Um, actually, this beer was a gift uh, um, from my husband who went to Nicaragua just recently. Oh, and Nicaraguan he, beer. Yes, this is a Nicaraguan um, craft beer. It's a brewing company. It's called Cadejo. Cadejo is um, kind of a, le a mythical um, character in, I guess... Uh, Historically in Nicaragua, mm. oh. so that and That's it's cool. called La Leyenda Hecha Cerveza is their slogan. <laughs> this is a red ale. It's a uh, 5.3% alcohol per, per volume, and it's uh, it says cerveza artesanal, mm -hmm. sin adjuntos, sin bien. azúcar, sin químicos, o 100% natural, 100% natural, uh, without corn and without um, rice. Which I don't know what that means, but I'm supposing it's a thing. So when are they, when well, are they the beer that I just we just drank was made was from corn. corn. Yeah, yeah. and but it's just it usually just it's like wheat and and I believe so. Yeah, it's wheat or like I guess another substitute that they use is rice. Con it it says hecha con pasión, mm -hmm. made with passion. passion. Yeah, mm -hmm. with passion. Uh, it's Central America's craft beer established 2012, so it's it's a recent Early thing. Early yeah. It, it's a recent thing. It's not 1980. It's <laughs> 1896 old. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, I guess they're jumping on the heels of craft yeah. brews mm -hmm. being um, very popular, so they're using their natural um, resources that they have in the country to make craft beer, which is interesting. And um, they're at cervezacadejo.com. They're on Twitter on Facebook, and on Instagram. Oh, they actually have social media. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it says, Roja como los ojos del mismo cadejo. Dulce, especiada, espaciada y con amargor que te hará sudar los colmillos. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm scared of you. <laughs> so anyway, this is a red ale, so... Um, Enjoy. 
I feel like I've drank more today in this <laughs> last half hour than I have in since I broke my leg for sure. <laughs> I haven't drank any alcohol since because I've been on medication constantly. So and all of it says don't drink. <laughs> <laughs> this is our. This is gonna be the fourth type of beer we drink. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ooh, I am pleasantly surprised because yeah. I had another one, another craft beer from Nicaragua that he brought for me. That I tried and I was really disappointed. Oh, really? So I am super happy this that this good. one is really flavorful. Yeah. Yes. It I'm tastes like coffee. Coffee, yes. Coffee Which is really interesting for a red ale. Or yes, maybe they have a cacao. lot of ca- maybe because they have a lot of coffee uh, cafetales in Nicaragua. I mean, I I've been, that, yeah. yeah. So they have a lot of coffee um, cosechas uh, all around the. Uh, the country of Nicaragua, I went to one that actually was a self-sufficient, um, uh, totally eco-friendly one called um, Selva Negra, which was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they have all of those all in the high parts of Nicaragua. So uh, Frank was like, yeah, you always refer to Selva Negra. That's not the only one. I'm like, that's the only one I've been to. Okay? <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, but yes, I... Um, I'm going to go ahead and rate it just to move along with time, but... It's a 5.3 ABV. What is it? They don't really like putting a lot of alcohol content. I'm, I'm going to say that there's some religious rules. No, <laughs> it's just the type of beer that it is. Red oh, okay, ales red and ale. lagers, they're, they're generally just the way that they're made and, and uh, fermenting and stuff like that. Just oh, to okay. get that particular type of beer, it it makes it um, a lower alcohol Lower level. alcohol yeah. content. All right. So I'm really loving the um, the chocolate cacao, um, and I know that there's coffee in this. It tastes like coffee. And there's a nice bitter aftertaste that I really enjoy. So I'm gonna give this. Uh, I'm gonna go full on this one just because um, the other beer that was um, supposedly craft brew was so bland. This one just really was far more superior. Oh, yeah, that one was craft too. Yes. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. This was far superior to that one. And I gave more love to that one because I drank it by myself, so I actually posted a lot of pictures on social media uh, tagging them. But this one is really, I'm really loving this one. I think if I go back, I would definitely seek this one out. Cadejo. Uh, I this is Kristen. I actually think I will go with a full as well. Um, I'm not generally a fan of red ales um, because I find them to be kind of sweet, and I don't particularly like sweet beers. This one, like you guys are saying, you can taste the cacao, or that's the flavor that it calls up for you. Same with me, and I'm not a coffee fan either, and that's what it 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 brings up for me. But um, I'm actually pleasantly pleasantly surprised. It is a little sweet, um, and like I said, that's not something that I prefer, but this is very flavorful. Yes, exactly. What do you think, Jen? I am going to go with a partial on this one. And it's not that I don't like it. It's that maybe because of the other ones that I just drank. Yeah. The sweetness kind of threw everything off, I think. Yeah. So for me, all I'm getting is coffee. Mm. And I just... Maybe if it was a bit sweeter, I would like it more. 
And as you guys know me, I really like sweet things. I know, which is funny because I'm like, it's too sweet. <laughs> it's like, it's not sweet. Yeah, I'm just like, like when you said, for me, it's not, I, I, the opposite, really. It's not sweet enough. I mean, compared mm-hmm. to these mixed drink drinks, which like putting like super, a, a yeah. thing of sugar in your mouth. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but I mean, this is a beer. So like for well, as yeah, a, beer, a proper beer, it's sweet. <laughs> yeah. And maybe it's because, yeah, we did drink those that are basically concentrated sugar. Mm-hmm. Which is my favorite. But it, and it's interesting because um, I usually don't, um, I'm not used to the carbonation good, with with the kind of a coffee, because usually coffee comes in stout, so I usually oh, don't get yeah, that. Yeah. Yes. I usually don't get that carbonation, but this one does have carbonation, so it's like a little surprise. So I, I, I like it. Like I said, this one's far better mm-hmm. than the other one I had, for sure. Maybe if I drank it. Without having drank the others, I would have given it a full. But for right now, it's a partial for me. I'm still going to drink it. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, that was our rating for our alcoholic beverages and our beers. Mm-hmm. I hope you enjoyed that. And now, guys, what are we going to review? We are reviewing La Boriqueña. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> We have been actually after this book for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it first came um, on our radar. On our radar. To me, mm-hmm. um, one of the cover artists was at our free comic book day last year. Mm-hmm. Um, what was his name? All I, I remember is that you said that he's Rosario Dawson. <laughs> yes, he's Rosario Dawson's uncle. Um, but I don't Forever remember. to be known as such. Yeah, <laughs> I remember his name now. Sorry. I met him for the first time at, um, at uh, well, I spoke to him at our Comic-Con, but I met him, like, actually formally at Stanley's uh, L.A. Comic-Con this last year. Um, and I, his, his name is escaping me, but he uh, he was a, a cover artist for La Borinquena, and he had one of the... Um, the prints uh, on his display at the Heidi Ho Comic Con. And so I asked him about it, and he was telling me about it. I was like, oh, that sounds really interesting. It's like, yeah, we should. And we were doing, you know, that was our very first um, uh, presentation of Komarosi Comics, where we were there telling people about the, about the podcast and handing out conchas and uh, business cards. And, um, and so I was like, oh, you know, we're doing a podcast, and I'll have to keep this on my radar to do it. And then we just never, I think we looked for it, and then it was just, uh, we um, never saw I, it. I don't think the book was out. I, oh. I think individual issues were. Oh. But there, the book okay, itself was out. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. And, um, and even then, um, the book we got is the, the stapled one. So mm-hmm. it's not like a, uh, what is it called? The bound, bound mm-hmm. one. So, um, yeah, so I, I think it, was, it wasn't available in book format, oh, okay. which we wanted to do. Right, yeah. yes. So what did you guys think about this? I really liked it a lot, actually. Um, I didn't know what where it was going or what to expect, um, but I I really enjoyed the storyline. There was a lot of like um, earthy, like thematic um, mythos like stuff. Like also like um, when she gets her powers from like this cosmic like. It's the star stone or yeah, star or the star that represents the it, that is represented on the flag on the flag yes. on the Puerto Rican flag. Uh-huh. 
So I I also loved it. This is Sarah. Um, I loved the at the beginning you kind of open up with her saving uh, sea turtles because uh, so at first I get this feeling of like Captain Planet, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which I I love Captain Planet. I don't care what yeah. anybody said. That's okay. what I was saying. It's like there's there was really a lot of like. Um, Earthy love. Wait, not, yeah, earthy love. There's like a technical term. <laughs> earthy love. Uh, what's it called? Not preservationist. I don't know uh, what I'm trying to say, but I've had too much. I've had too. We've had too much to drink. Too much to drink. Um, but yes, I really enjoyed that. Um, how not just that it was brought up, but that it was a real believable part of the story, the um, intertwined into her origin. Because this is this is her origin story. Absolutely. Yes. Um, it's Marisol is La Borinquena, and she's an environment. She studies environmental studies in Brooklyn, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's actually, um, her parents are from um, Puerto Rico, uh, but she herself uh, kind of grew up in um, uh, Brooklyn. Yeah. So she's going to school and she decides to go back to Puerto Rico to do some studies in the caves and do some uh, studies on the geology, the rocks and so forth. Um, and, uh, so that's actually, uh, her origin story. And when the actual story opens up, she's saving the, uh, the turtles, which, like I said, I, you get a lot of, like, um, that, um, kind of Captain Planet, like, really responsible about the environment yes. and so forth. Yes. And then she goes into kind of like a, um, I wouldn't call it, was it flashback? Um, kind of a time warp where she actually starts talking about her origin story yeah um her mom's a doctor i I forgot what her dad is though oh i don't remember either jen do you remember what her dad was her dad is he's not puerto rican no i mean for a job um, her mom's a doctor. Do her you mom's remember a doctor. Um, uh, he didn't say what his dad was. Oh, I don't remember. Um, um, maybe that'll be something. Maybe that he's we... a house dad. I want to say that he's a house dad because she's definitely a doctor. I don't know about her dad. Yeah, uh, and she's kind of a regular kid. I mean, she has asthma, and they kind of over worry about her yes, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, which is natural for Latino parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, her riding her bike around town, they're like, "Are are you okay? Like, are you gonna be all right? Are you gonna be all right? Do you have all your meds?" Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they made a reference on that when she was traveling out to uh, Puerto Rico. Like, mm-hmm. do you have all your meds? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I also noticed that. Um, um, she was going to stay with her grandparents, but right before she left, uh, her mom gave her this pin from the original fabric from the... Used to make the Puerto the, Rican flag. Used to make the Puerto Rican flag. And I was like, what? That is so cool. That's super cool. And I'm like, I wouldn't take this to Puerto Rico because I don't want it to get lost. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm going to be in the mud, in, you know, mm-hmm. but... Um, well, that has a great significance towards the, you know, in the development of this character in, in the comic book. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't think she wears it all the time. I think they gave it to her and she took it, but she probably kept it safe. Oh no, yeah. But, I mean, I think uh-huh. she wore it just in this specific time, um, which was cool. <laughs> <laughs> so the La Borinquena is written by Edgardo Miranda Rodriguez. And um, I actually really thought that it was interesting um, when asked where he got the idea for this um, character. He says that um, he 
is writing... It says, the comic book that I'm writing with my team is not going to solve the debt crisis in Puerto Rico. Um, she's a symbol of patriotism at a time when Puerto Ricans need to be reminded of their own superpowers. I thought that was really interesting. He says, she is a patriotic symbol of hope for Puerto Rico and Puerto Ricans. We don't need to look outside of us for the power. We have it inside. If we come together, we will win. I love that. Yeah. I love that. I love the Super. traction this comic book is getting. Mm-hmm. And it's so positively written. I really feel super happy when I'm reading this book. I mean, there's so much positivity. Even when she meets this one girl who obviously is the most popular pretty girl in... She's yeah, la, yeah, yeah. She, she's la güera. Uh-huh. La güera. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. and she's obviously popular and mm-hmm. beautiful and whatnot, and she's kind of shady towards her. A little in bit. In the beginning, yeah. yeah. Beginning. But then when she said what she said, I was, I just, know. I was, I was like, like, oh, hell yeah. no. Yes. I, I thought the same thing, and then, then a couple panels later, they're dancing I'm like hold on what happened here (laughs) (laughs) so it looks like okay I love to dance so sometimes you're dancing right and you're Mm -hmm. like feeling yourself and then somebody (laughs) comes right next to you and they start kind of moving a little bit kind of you know out maneuvering you sort of Mm -hmm. and then you're like oh no I can I can do more so then you start so it's kind of like a dance battle right? yeah Uh but the cool part was it was it didn't come to blows they actually bonded from that Mm -hmm. dance battle Uh and I thought that was amazing she's like you're all right girl Mm -hmm. you're all right yeah and then she's (laughs) like yeah you know you're okay too so it was like it kind of made sense later when I thought about it I was just like and I was just thinking about it and uh, I guess it's also a matter of what is considered, um, uh, I guess, not political correct, but what's considered appropriate. Because when I was when I was in, in Guatemala, some of the shit the people said, I was just like, what the fuck? Yeah, oh, yeah and not yeah, only yeah. about me, but like about like others, about women, about yeah. men. And I was just like, holy crap! And like about like other stuff, like how. How now, like, I would never in my life call someone La Negra. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Over there? Oh, my God. It's so, it's, it's, it's so, it's so prominent. When it's, my mm-hmm. best friend and I took a cruise to, um, <laughs> to, uh, what was it, the Baja, California? Not Baja. It, it's, uh, Ensenada? En- no, it was, um, mm-hmm. Cabo San Lucas. Um, Puerto Vallarta and a third one. Uh, it wasn't in Sanada. Mazatlan, yeah. So anyway, we were in our 20s when we went, and it's just culturally, terms of endearment um, are different oh there. Oh my god, yes. And every freaking where we went, Gordita! Gordita! <laughs> Like, and no, they don't. No. They don't mean it maliciously. <laughs> no, they don't. They don't mean it. No, like, they don't. But man, I, we did not buy things. For yeah. <laughs> They're like gordita, morena, negrita. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, when when my little sister was there, she has um uh, almond shaped eyes more so than all of us. 
So they called her Chinita. China, yeah. China, Chinita. Uh -huh. And they're like, yes, they're yeah. like, bien Chinita. And my little sister was just like, I'm not, I'm not Chinese. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but because like, they're like, like Chinita or like, uh, to them, anybody Asian is Chino. Yes. Is my grandmother. Yeah. I, I think I was fully into college before I realized that there was more than, um, <laughs> one type of Asian. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, like to them. And it's funny because like, there is, um, in speaking of Boricueña and like um, um her her friend her best friend um uh, who's Chinese and Dominican Republic mm -hmm. um because yes. uh, she's uh, she's that's why she's um uh, she can speak Spanish um um there's a very strong Asian community in a lot of Central America um uh, Brazil has the second highest population of Japanese people out of Japan itself. Really? Yes. Wow. There's wow. a very, very strong uh, Chinese community in Mexico mm. and in the Dominican Republic and in, like, Jamaica. Um, uh, there's some in the Caribbean. There's in a the big Caribbean. population of uh, Japanese in Peru as well. In Peru as well, yeah. Yeah. And there's, um, uh, there's a strong, I think it's Filipinos. There's a lot of Filipinos in Guatemala. Wow. Oh. Yep. I'm, so I'm glad that they're, you know, they're kind of, I think, I don't know, it's the first time I've ever read something like that in a comic really? book. Um, I um, haven't read any, like, Asian, Latino characters in a comic book. Mm -hmm. And I didn't actually get this in reading it, because I might have just glossed over it, but Marisol is actually Afro-Latino. Yes. Her mm -hmm. dad is afro Puerto Rican. Oh, Afro Puerto Rican. Yeah. yeah. So, mm -hmm. um, so she that makes her Afro Latino. So mm -hmm. that actually, I didn't get that when I read it the first time. Mm -hmm. And so, it's um, um yeah. I, I just uh, I assume both of her parents were Puerto Rican because I have seen Puerto Ricans in all shades. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and colors. Um. Uh, but um. um but I, I it didn't click that he was uh, that he was um, uh, Afro mm -hmm. Puerto Rican, which means she is Afro Puerto Rican mm -hmm. as well. Um, but it's the, the the variety of people that you can see in Puerto Rico and, and how they draw Puerto Rico is really really great. And I'm um, uh, going back to what I was originally trying to say is that I'm um, uh, is that that interaction between her and the other girl who is um uh, the tourist she's like the tourist helper she she's the one who talks to tourists and stuff like that uh, and she's popular and what she said <laughs> to Marisol and she said like this is like a telenovela like I'm I'm the star and you're the helper yeah like I was just like holy <laughs> shit those are fighting words yeah. like that is a, those are words you get down to but um um but it is uh, it is uh, very common for that manner of speak in other countries in the in Central American countries. Yeah, I guess you're right because when I went to Nicaragua, they called me chancha. Chancha, chancha, right? Isn't that? I was like, oh hell no, nah. those are fighting words. I'm gonna fight you right now. I don't now. know what that means though. It's their it's their word for saying uh, pig. <gasps> yes. Oh my gosh! I'm like. Whatever. I mean, <laughs> culturally, they—it's not the same. I understand mm. that, but my United States American culture itself <laughs> <laughs> does not care. <laughs> when I um, when I was in Guatemala, they called me Chomali, uh -huh. and that can that can be—it's an endearment, but it basically translates to is 
big girl. Mm. And that can be, that can either be that, that can either be like tall or like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fat. And then, so they were just like, um, um, they were just like, like, chomali, chomali. And I was just like, oh my fucking God. Stop it. Stop yeah. it. Stop I it. Mean, we would be on the beach and there was all the like little vendor people who are like trying to sell you stuff, whatever. We'd be on the beach and they, these little Mexican boys would literally be chasing us. Gordita! Gordita! And I'm like, no, stop! Just stop right there. Like, they would call me Chamali, like, so, but like, at, by the end of it, like, this wasn't the first time around, now I'm used to it. Right, yeah. Um, um, but I was still, I only let my family call me Chomali. Any, any other vendors who like, it is like, yeah. it, I, I know that word now. Yeah. They might think that I don't know, but I know yeah. that word now. And, uh, and so when they call me Chomali, I'm just like, oh, hell no, you have no right to call me that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm still very touchy <laughs> about that. But it's like one of the, like, I still, I still let my mom call me Gordita, so. Because <laughs> she's family, but anybody else. Right, nah, exactly. It's nah. not okay for you to call me that. Exactly. So, um, <clears throat> well, basically, in this comic book, I really, really love the fact that she's so about the earth, right? And I love yeah. the personality she has and mm-hmm. her relationship with her grandparents. Um, I thought was really awesome. Um, she, they got her a car, but she helps out working in the cafe. So I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah, that was it looks like cool. she's. It looks like she's like a real rounded. A well-rounded individual. She's uh, big on her studying and so forth. So, um, if uh, whoever was the powers that be to, you know, bestow these powers on someone, I think they did a good job of choosing the right mm-hmm. kind of person to um, carry out this uh, um, this task, mm-hmm. which I thought was really cool. Um, and. I really love the comic book in the sense that it, there are panels where you see some of Puerto Rico's history. Mm-hmm. And even yeah. though you might not be familiar with it, yes. it challenges you as a reader to go out and explore this history of, yes. the, of uh, Puerto, Puerto Rico. Rico. It has mm-hmm. a very rich history. I mean, mm-hmm. how many Americans didn't even realize that Puerto Rico is a an American territory yes, before territory. all of this stuff that happening and I, I don't even think that our president <laughs> knew <laughs> when when he uh, was called upon to act on the hurricane relief mm-hmm. so um and I don't think that um that uh that they understand so. what that means and I that don't think a lot of people even still realize that you know Puerto Ricans Technically, aren't immigrants? Yes. No, they're not immigrants. Yeah, they're not immigrants. No. Uh. Uh-uh. They're you. Oh. You're citizens. Well, they can't vote. Well, yeah, you're right. They're, but I mean, they're they they are more to me. I think it's a technicality, honestly. It's honestly a technicality. Yeah. <laughs> the, the only thing they can't really do is vote and have a rep. An official representation in Congress. Mm-hmm. There's someone there, but it, which they is can't. ridiculous. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. They should have. They should. And um, uh, there was um, uh, I believe in Obama's midterm uh ballot to um, uh, see if um, uh, Puerto Rico should be made into U.S. citizens, but surprisingly enough, it did not um. Uh, a lot of Puerto Ricans didn't, didn't want it. Didn't want it. Mm, <laughs> they mm-hmm. didn't, and I think that's an old school style of thinking. Yeah. Because I think a lot of the 
younger, newer yeah. people did want it. Um, uh, but there's still um, um, the people who currently live in Puerto Rico is the older generation. Right. A lot of the newer generation already are in the state yeah. and already have U.S. citizenship. Mm-hmm. And they and even then, because like, it wasn't just for Puerto Rico itself, it was also all the other states who were voting right. in. Yeah. Let's be real here. All the other states didn't. They probably thought Puerto Rico still wasn't a kind of, like yeah. an actual official U.S. territory. But it is. Like I, I firmly believe they should have the power. I to do vote. too. I mm-hmm. love how this book uh, goes into Spanish mode. But yeah. yeah. I love that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's unapologetically like this is it. If you want to know, you got to just look it up. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I mean, if people love the story and the characters, I think that would take that extra step to like um, either actually try to read it themselves or have somebody else read it for them mm-hmm. um, and explain what it means. But I love that part. Um, I love how they use some of the kind of ancient history uh, um, kind of like they tie in um, Puerto Rico's like actual like history and um, uh, and and mythology and mythology mm-hmm. in it, and I thought that was really super cool because it's again one of those things that kind of gets swept under that this exists that there was something before Puerto Rico as we know it, right? Right, and um, mm-hmm. uh, and that it's just that this was uh, this was a, a country that was inhabited by indigenous people mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it it was lost yeah that it, history was they lost. just with, kept getting with old gods and such mm-hmm, i love yeah. that mm-hmm. i love that um i love the references to culture now like mm-hmm. in the first uh kind of in her first kind of uh the first instance we see her like as a superhero where she's like trying to save that airplane Oh yeah, and then she's, she yes, makes then she mentioned Supergirl, <laughs> right? Yeah. Exactly, and I was like, yes. She's like, I shouldn't trust the TV. <laughs> I should trust physics, and uh-huh. I'm like, yes, girl, yes. And I, uh, yeah, I really did love it. I actually really like because in this panel when they show like the history of Puerto Rico and stuff like that, they also show the pole shooting, and it does mm-hmm. a really good job yeah, because yeah. a lot of when the pole shooting happened, it was during Latino night at the. Oh. I think, and a lot of the people oh. who died were Puerto Rican. I didn't oh, realize that Latino it was Latino night. night. Yeah, it was. Oh. It was. It was Latino night, and a lot of the people who died were Puerto Rican. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And so that's why that's why they put it there. Yeah. Because um, uh, one, it I guess when it came out, that Pulse had barely just happened, um, uh, or it had happened mm-hmm. enough that it was still in the social conscious. But there was it was a lot of Puerto Rican. Um, uh, it was a lot of young Puerto Ricans who mm-hmm. died. Okay. That's interesting. The mother of Boriken. Um, I thought that was an interesting um, kind of when it went into that. I loved it. Mix. Yeah, I loved it because it was like um, time and space was not linear. It's kind of a constant going where like mm-hmm. um, it, it, you have to read it. You have to read <laughs> it <laughs> because so good, it yeah. was just, I was like, my jaw was on the floor. I'm like, this is so good. It, it was really good. And that I mean, part was like, ah, oh, just tra- it, the transformation there was amazing. It was amazing, and I think I like. Um, a lot of people don't realize, but Bori Bori Kenya, like Bo, like Boricua, that's not Spanish. Mm. That is not Spanish. It's uh, it is remnants of the language that used to be in Puerto Rico. Oh, okay. And you get that um uh, sometimes yeah. um uh. Uh, it's the, 
It's it's language that was adapted and fitted into Spanish, but it's still it's still there. I'm actually I don't know the actual status of what the actual name of what that language is, or if it's still being practiced, uh-huh. or if um, uh, it's or if it's a dead language yeah. or not. And some of it you can still find in Puerto Rico how they refer like this Borinque, Boriqueña, Sancocho, uh, Sancocha. Sorry, um, um it's um, uh, just little remnants here and there of what was the language mm-hmm. um uh, and so i really so when i really like when they mentioned atabex and said like uh, like i am the mother of the uh, bo- mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. Borigen. Mm-hmm. and i was just like oh that's super sick that's <laughs> i know right mm-hmm. um i love how there's a bunch of references to food yeah that's like my yes. favorite too <laughs> um it just it's really great. I love how like the people of uh Puerto Rico are really welcoming to her. Yeah. Um not like like not like Superman in here where everybody's like he's going to destroy us. No, it's <laughs> like no, man, you're part of us. You're wearing our flag colors. Yes. And you know? there's a little there's a short story at the end after her origin story that is a story that revolves around her and her best friend. Um and I love that the end where the the friend asks her, why do you call yourself that? And why did you, know, why did you take that name? And she's like, I didn't. The people gave it to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought that was so beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just so beautiful. And I love how it, I can't say this enough. I love how it's centered on, like, you know, the environment. Um, there was a... Environmentalist. There's that. There. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> but um, I, I love that. I mean, there was a storm. And, I mean, she also kind of relies a lot on what she studied as far as mm-hmm. physics mm-hmm. and mathematics. She's a scientist. Yeah. yeah. And that's awesome. She's a scientist before being a superhero. Yeah. And that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I think this is a really well thought out uh, character. Mm-hmm. And I'm so happy happy that we have a latina representation as a superhero and super yeah. body positive too she oh, is yeah. she's very um i think in uh true to life as far as like her body shape she's the not latina physique yes the latina yeah. physique mm-hmm. <laughs> and i love that when she's like her regular self she has like her little braids and she has her glasses uh-huh. and she has her little asthma so it's not like she her little asthma <laughs> She's not like this bombshell that turns into a superhero. She's like a regular person mm-hmm. with regular issues, uh, with some kind of health difficulties that, you know, becomes a superhero. And mm-hmm. I love that. It is super awesome. So, some cheese uh, oh. about La Borinquena. Uh, <laughs> uh well not the not the thing that you shared. Okay. But uh, <laughs> but um the fact is is that um uh, Edgar Miranda Rodriguez Rodriguez um actually kind of solidified a partnership with DC recently. Ooh, I mm-hmm. know, right? And um they are going to be um Together, coming out with a comic anthology that features La Borinquena along with main staple DC superheroes like Wonder Woman and Superman and Flash. And there is going to, yes, 
Um, the anthology is actually going to um, be called Reconstruction. So instead of Reconstruction, Reconstruction. Reconstruction. So <laughs> like, like Puerto Rico. Yeah, so R I C A N. Yes. Um, reminiscing and rebuilding Puerto Rico. Um, the proceeds are all going to go to rebuilding um, uh, the hurricane relief uh, mm. efforts that are over there right now, rebuilding Puerto Rico. And um, it's due out May 23rd so in the in two couple more months um, you can pre-order it now at your LCS um, mm-hmm. or you can actually go on to um, their website La Borinquena uh, it's La L-A hash um, was it not hashtag slash uh, not slash hyphen there you go oh, hyphen. la hyphen borinquena dot com so that's l a hyphen b o r i n q u e n a dot com and you can pre order it there but um it's so cool the book is going to um really be full of personal stories and takes on La Borinquena from various comic creators. Um, and specifically, they're saying comic creators of color and Latinx celebrities. So Gabby Rivera is going to have a story. Also, Rosario Dawson is going to nice. have uh, a story. And novelist Esmeralda Santiago. Um, they're all, they all contributed to the book. Nice. So um, it says that several of the stories are going to feature a partnership uh, with La Kenya and the superheroes like Wonder Woman, Batman, Flash. Uh, and they're going to embark on adventures that improve Puerto Rico. That is so cool. That's I think that's awesome. really so legit. That is super awesome. Yeah. So uh, I highly recommend that you go out there and you pre-order. Let your LCS know that you want this book. Um, some, if you also are looking to support with a book that is already out, there is um, Puerto Rico Strong that was released a couple of weeks ago by Lion Forge. Um, that is also a comic anthology where the proceeds are going to help um, uh, hurricane uh, relief in Puerto Rico. The cool thing about this reconstruction book, it's already number one on Amazon Prime. Ooh, really? Yes, and it's a hundred percent of the proceeds that go to the hurricane relief, which is amazing. That's so cool. that's amazing news. It only speaks to the fact that this is not only for a good cause, but also it must be a good storyline mm-hmm. for it to be number one. I mean, it's it's quite amazing. Mm-hmm. There's been so much love for this book, and I'm so glad that people are actually taking. Um, the time to actually buy a book for its story and for the good cause behind it. So. I mean, I love, it's a good cause. Obviously, it's a good cause. I love that all the proceeds are going. But honestly, I really love the fact that this partnership uh, with La Kenya and DC and these these superheroes is in a way legitimizing Laboring Kenya as a superhero, uh-huh. as a character, as a Latina character, um, and I hope that actually it is the beginning of maybe something bigger for her as a character and for further um, books down the line. I mean, I think it's doing really great on its own, but this is amazing. I it's think great, this is yeah. amazing. Uh, and congratulations. I mean, of course, they must have seen the content and must have agreed that she's a really great character. Mm-hmm. And um, a great new character as far as um, superheroes are concerned. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Um, definitely because we can't get La Borinquena um, without going to the website because it's not it's not um, distributed by Diamond. So that's why I'm saying like I feel like this gives but, it legitimacy. Yeah. Is it Diamond will see that this is something that people I want. I did not realize that. Be, yeah. Yeah, and we will and we might be able to order it off of Diamond and mm-hmm. have it in stock. Yeah. Yes, and and be able to spread the the wealth to more readers. Excellent. I'm so glad. So, are you guys ready to rate it? Yes, yeah, for sure. Definitely. Um, so I'll start. Yes. I <laughs> am giving it three conchas. Yeah, it's a, it's, it. I really loved it. I want to see more about it. I want to see where it goes. And it, it's a pretty good origin story. Yeah. Um. Um. But I want to see more. I want to see the epic advent. What other epic adventures she has? So right now, yeah, three conchas. Yeah. I agree. I'm giving it three conchas on our scale, um, our concha scale for uh, the book <laughs> review. Um, I really enjoyed it a lot. The dialogue, um, the, dialogue the history, yes. all mm-hmm. of the the mythology stuff. There's a, actually a lot in this book. Yeah, um, so I don't know how much through. was it when um, we purchased it. I, I think it was 19.99 or okay. something like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, but it's 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 a lot. It's it has what like basically like four five issues i didn't i didn't count the issues but mm-hmm. it has that extra story in the back yeah that's yeah, what I, I really like that. so i mean it's it's pretty much i would say content wise like a trade yeah it's mm-hmm. pretty much yeah. Yeah, like a trade so mm-hmm. uh, for 19.99 you're getting a lot of story so um yes i highly recommend it and i'm looking forward to this um reconstruction and um hopefully maybe seeing some more uh widely distributed board in kenya stories mm-hmm. absolutely this is sarah and i'm gonna give it three conchas and a cup of champurrado all only because i really love her character as just mm-hmm. who she is um i love her as a superhero and i love her internal monologue mm-hmm. um i love that it's so i don't know um I, I wouldn't call it peter parker-ish but i'm gonna call it like um kind of positive and funny and very new superhero cute. yes mm-hmm I love that. I love that. Uh, I think it's a really well-rounded, executed story. I am in love with it. I can't wait to read more about her. I can't wait to get to Central, uh, this uh, Puerto Reconstruction uh, Reconstruct- Reconstruction <laughs> um, um, because I'm I'm happy to know that 100% of the proceeds are going to go uh, to help the hurricane relief. But also because I'm going to be really happy to see old l- loved DC characters along La Borinquena. So I'm loving it. All around. Love it. Nice. All right, guys. Now it's time for Juntos y Fuertes. Okay, so this is Kristen, and I have um, my Juntos y Fuertes this uh, time around. Um, Juntos is a um, part of our podcast where we try to highlight um, groups or creators that um, are also members of marginalized um, groups and try to give them a little love and to um, spread the knowledge and information out there so that you all could maybe um, also support them. And today I um, am going to talk about um, a local uh, theater here in Los Angeles in Boyle Heights called Casa 0101. Um, I used to take girls when I was working at um, some of my previous jobs on field trips here. And um, it, 
they've actually expanded since then, but back then it was a tiny little like retail shop that was repurposed as a um, a stage um, place. The awesome thing about this little theater is that it was started by Josefina Lopez. And if you guys don't recognize that name, she is the uh, uh, writer of Real Women Have Curves. Oh. oh yeah. So <laughs> I actually saw her when I went to go see Lalo Alcaraz uh-huh. when he was uh, uh selling that um um that print he made Coco? with the with the no, the print he made with the uh elote. Oh, oh yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. I believe it's her restaurant. Um so yeah. Anyway. Oh, okay. Oh, that's awesome. Carry on. Yeah, Sorry. so uh Josefina founded Casa 0101 uh, in 2000. So it's been around for already 18 years. Um, And she really wanted to fulfill her vision of bringing art and life theater programs to the communities she grew up in, which is Boyle Heights. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they operated um, for quite some time in the small little, um, like, it was so small. Like, I would say, like, maybe not even 40 chairs that were (laughs) in there. (laughs) Were they all folding chairs? Yes, they were all. Oh my God. <laughs> chairs. Um, it was a it was a bridal shop that they had converted into a black theater, oh my God. and so. Um, but in 2011, they moved to a fully equipped 99 seat theater featuring an art gallery and dedicated classroom wow. because they also offer community workshops in screenwriting and Ooh. also acting, and they never turn anybody away for um, lack of funds. There is a cost, but if you show up and you say I don't have money, they let you in or they'll work out. Um, for free or they'll work out a payment plan whatever it is to get you in there and get you um, educated in in, in Mm. screenwriting or acting or whatever which I always thought was awesome it was an awesome way for her to give back to the community Um, but the reason why I am um, uh, highlighting Casa Seruno Seruno is right now um, it is uh, Women History Month and they are um, every, I think this is the sixth year that they've done it, every March, they, March through April, they, um, they host or highlight, highlight a, um, uh, like a, a short story, um, like night, not night, because it goes throughout the, uh, throughout the month, but um, show. There you go. I lost my word. Um, and this year's show is called Chicanas, Cholas y Chismes. Stand up, speak out. And um, it is uh, already playing. It's every Friday and Saturday at 8 o'clock and Sundays at 5. Um, it plays all the way through April 15th. So there is still some time if you are in the area to go check it out. And um, the, the little description about the show is that uh, Chicanas, Cholas y Chisme is an all-Latina-driven stage production now in its sixth year committed to developing talent. Casa Serono Serono hosts a series of writing, acting, and directing workshops where no one is ever turned away for lack of funds. Uh, and it's from these workshops that the instructors, Claudia Duran, Lindsay Haley, was able to mine the talent of the playwrights and directors featured in this show, Chicanas, Cholas y Chisme. That's excellent. That's awesome. So uh, it's two hours uh, long, and there are, it's like short stories throughout the evening. And um, I don't see what, um, I cut it off of like how much it costs to go in, but it's a, um, it's a, I would say, 
for it, mostly local shows, I would say anywhere probably from like 20 to $30 maybe. I don't know, but um, it's worth it. And your the proceeds obviously are going back into supporting this theater. Excellent. That's, well, that's awesome. really cool. Really, really cool. Uh, it's always wonderful to support the arts because it's so hard to find the inspiration, especially with Latinos. The parents are like, you have to study something that you can make a living out of. You know, mm-hmm. so like art is out, comic book writing and drawing <laughs> is out. Um, so yeah, so when you podcasting find some, is out. out. <laughs> <laughs> so when you find somebody in an organization that supports you, I think it's worth supporting it as a community. Yeah. yeah. So um, maybe not have that latte and go down there and check out a show. Yeah, definitely. I I've been to several shows there. I will and have that latte and I will go <laughs> to the show. And they've all just been. So great. The production quality is just amazing. And um, I highly recommend, if you don't catch this show, um, there's different shows all throughout the year. It is um, definitely an organization that you should, that's worth your support. Nice, nice, excellent. All right, guys. Well, I believe that brings us to the end of our episode. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys have anything to add? Well, again, you already mentioned it in the beginning, but a huge shout out and thank you to Fanbase Press for inviting us to be on the panel at WonderCon. Um, we are, um, our next little um, appearance will be at Heidi Ho Comics. Is it oh, actually, yeah, Heidi Ho Comic Comic Con uh, on May 5th. We'll be there with conchas because they're going to be allowing us to have conchas. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll also be at um, Los Angeles Cape. Um, I don't know what the Cape stands for. Formerly Los Angeles, uh, East LA Comic Con. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't remember what Cape stands for anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Comics. Okay, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, that's it. All I can think about is comics, but um, uh, East LA Cape. Uh, we will be there and. Um you can find us uh, on social media. Yep. You on um, Twitter at Comico Madres. Yep. And then also on Instagram at Comadres y Comics. Uh, we are also on Facebook. Uh, you can contact us via email at Comadres y Comics at gmail dot com. And we have a Snapchat, so all of our activities um, are streamed on the Snapchat if you're so inclined. Um, and that's where you can find us. Yep. Awesome. All right. We have been your host. I'm Sarah. And I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.